Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome back to Space Trash. I am Molly Mulshine. And I'm Sarah Armour. And we already restarted this 900 times because we kept going out on tangents. Sarah, well, first, everyone, just so you know, happy cancer season. End of this recording, we are going to have a little bit of bonus content with our guest from last week, Gabby, talking about her cancer son. So if you want to know more about what it's like to be a cancer mommy, a spiritual mommy, listen to the end, last like 15 minutes of this. And she's a cancer son in the 10th house, which is the Capricorn house. So she really is a perfect embodiment of this full moon energy, even though she's not a Capricorn. So that's wild. And everybody make sure tonight, Thursday night, since this is coming out on Thursday, there's a moon you all that Sarah is hosting uh, and it's Capricorn themed. So and it's on Zoom and it's free and Molly does a fucking fabulous presentation every time and we have an abundance coach coming. So we're all going to make more money after this moon you all you gotta come. Oh, thank God. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all the housekeeping. Sarah, <laughs> why does your voice sound like Cloris Leachman? Aside from the fact that I have the lifestyle of a 75 year old woman, I was not... I did not sleep much last night. I actually just woke up. Like, I'm sorry that I was late for this, but I could not stop myself. I was on a deep, deep internet, astrological, just research assignment from my soul about Jen and Ben after I saw that kiss. Okay, so we, I am on the record as thinking Jen and Ben is the fakest, most boring thing on the planet, but you sent me a bunch whole, of- No, whole new opinion. Crazy DMs at 5 a.m. about- I couldn't stop. So, so make your case. Why do you think this is real? Of course, they were photographed kissing. They looked like, they looked like, uh, two, like, straight men being <laughs> betted, bet to kiss each other because they have to kiss each other because they lost a bet. That's oh the faces. That's the, and I've been watching a lot of body language analysis because I also have, my, I have my own manic, psychotic, uh, wormhole I've been going down, which we'll get to as well. The body language is not there. I don't think, I don't care if they kissed. Like we've all played spin the bottle and kiss someone we didn't want to kiss. It doesn't make it real to me. Sarah, why do you think it's real? Okay, I have a few things to say. Number one, I also, we are so connected. I was one, the last video I fell asleep to, which is why I think maybe I was a little bit tortured upon trying to wake up this morning for the Britney conservatorship public hearing or whatever, is because the last video I actually ended up on was a body language a body language analysis of Amber Heard. So I really was in there last night. I was in there last night. Sarah, we were watching the same account. No, no, no. Wait, is it the body language guy, the Spanish guy? The body language guy basically, yes, and analyzing that, um, a court appearance that they had and analyzing a few videos of them and talking about how she is lying and clearly lying. It was the snacking that gave it away. In her divorce. Yeah. So do you think body language experts are real? I really think it seems like the fakest shit in the world. So for people who don't know, like for any of the, you know, the 2% of our audience that wasn't raised on tabloids, a body language expert is someone who looks at photos and videos, usually of celebrities and decodes 
their body language to say what they're truly thinking and feeling. Okay, so I just want to say, let's give opinions. I have a body language expert friend who we could get on here and discuss this with. He's literally what he does for a living. How and he's do you make a living at that? Because it's in the same vein of like, well, first of all, he does like a lot of like corporate leadership stuff. So he'll do like when you're community, like he does a lot of like when you're giving speeches or when you're speaking to these kind of people, make sure it was, it's in some ways it's training, but he also, you know, he's in Washington DC. So he does a lot of these government analysis, like when they're trying to think to if like a or is truth or if, uh, is my mic just get messed up? I think it's okay. Yeah. It was if a prisoner is telling the truth or like if they were trying to like basically a prisoner like, what a weird like 1930s like technically like pentagon stuff like pentagon stuff like undercover like when they're trying to like really do a read on someone that's like a government official he's like the guy in dc that they call to be like what do you think so he wow. he could come on and discuss this i do think body language experts I think it's the same as any kind of commentary. It's just like, like, is palmistry real? It's kind of the same vibe to me, you know, yeah, like, where it's like, well, it might it's... not tell the whole story. It might not tell the whole story, but I do think we can notice certain things about eye rolls. Like, I do think eye rolls speak volumes. I think lookaways are big. Sometimes we just don't know, like, maybe, like, especially on TV, sorry about these sirens, but maybe, like, in, especially in TV, people are, like, being posed a lot of the time, and also, like, we don't know what's going on with someone. They could have had a fight right before, or someone could have their period, or, like, do you know what I'm saying? You have eczema on your arm. You don't really you know, know what's going on. You know something that makes me believe in body language experts uh, is the yeah. photos of Solange, Beyonce, and Jay-Z walking out of the Met Gala after she had just beat the crap out of him in the elevator because none of us knew at the time that something weird had happened. But when you look back at those photos, the three of them look so weird. They look like they just went through trauma and they're trying to smile yeah. through it. So, okay, I guess I kind of see it, but so so what did the body well, also, stuff teach so you about them? Well, we're going to have the guy on, but I want to say the other body language that I've watched a great deal of is Diana and Charles. Mm. They have a ton of videos out about their interviews and what they see in those weird interviews where they're talking about love. Right. Well, at the end of their relationship, though, she was very into uh, not manipulating because that's a strong word, but sort of coaxing her image to be of someone who's been shunned by her husband and she was really smart and she knew how to do it so if you look at any slideshow of like charles and diana through the years the last like 20 photos are always her facing away from him looking sad looking dejected and that's because she knows people are analyzing her body language so she's putting that across because most people said that toward the end of her life they were becoming friends like they were they had a pretty like okay parenting co-parenting relationship but it still was very important for her to get the message across that she was not happy with him so she sort of manipulated the our tendency to look at people's body language well and even like if you want to know as we enter cancer season that cancer archetype the thing that they never tell you about the cancer archetype is that it's like the, the downside of cancer isn't actually that they're so emotional. It's that's more of a cancer moon thing. Cancers are actually extremely controlling and extremely mm -hmm. manipulative with their understanding of emotions. So that is also like Diana is such a masterclass in that cancer son, 11th house, Gabby's 10th house, cancer son, you know, um, uh, Diana was 11th house. So like, that is cancer manipulation at its best.
11th house. Well, but 10th house, 11th house, but more than that, like knowing enough to know that your body language is being analyzed and specifically sitting in ways that communicate is like high level posing. You know what I mean? Well, this is the thing. This is why I, I take body language experts analyzing celebrities with a grain of salt because any celebrity who's smart enough to know that like people are going to like be looking at them is going to be like Diana manipulating that. So tell me why you think Ben and Jen are the real deal because whatever you say, I'm going to counter with. Okay. They are experts at this game. They are the biggest paparazzi callers in Hollywood. The two of them, they are worse than the Kardashians when it comes to calling the paparazzi on themselves. So tell, tell me what, why you think this is real. So here's the thing. I agree with you. But and they're aware of their image and they know how to put a certain image across. So yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. But first of all, they have they have the same sun and the same moon okay they are when you meet someone that has your same sun and the same moon like even for us we have the same sun and moon but it's flip-flop right so my moon is on your sun but we do have a bit of like an understanding that goes unspoken you know that where we do kind of have like a baseline understanding of of each other and the things that we appreciate about each other are very much what the other one is looking for because what I need to feel happy inside is what you need to feel happy outside. And so you being you makes my insides happy. And a lot of the ways that I do things secretly or the way that I handle business or whatever, you're like, oh, I want to learn that because actually that's what I'm like, that's what I'm headed for in this life, right? So that's where like synastry does kind of matter. So the fact that they have the same sun and moon. They're both Leo suns. What is their moon? Scorpio moons. So not only is what you're saying true but the fact that they agree on this as a way of doing it is actually not something that you would necessarily find with anyone like that's part of why they're so connected because and i think they learned their lesson the first time like i think in their first relationship they you know they pretend like the media paparazzi and all of that was why they broke up and i think it actually is but i think they created it and part of it was like you know, when you create a monster and then you're like, uh-oh, this has turned into a monster, it is actually more upsetting than if it was just natural, right? Because you actually were a part of that dysfunction. So I think what happened was they, when they started dating, were so, I do think that they fell in love. I think he, I think they were each other's first love for real, for real, for real. I think at the time, you know, I think racism was, I think she was really very, latina then and he was very white and i think they i think they actually did make a lot of comments that really you know leo's sons want you to like them they they want you to accept them so when you kind of when you kind of don't give the leo son the kind of affirmation they're looking for like it's one thing to have great press it's another thing to have press that's actually now kind of making you feel bad or second guess things or giving you news about yourselves. And I think at a certain point, part of why they broke up is because they created a monster that they then were getting bitten by, right? And then they both kind of didn't even know who they were anymore because they they were like, what's the image and what's the truth? 
and it and stops being fun when it's actually it's fun when you're actually like confident and being like i'm calling the paparazzi let's get famous it's not fun when actually now the paparazzi's everywhere and they're like making everything worse and then you're second guessing things and right and then you lose yourself but here's a real and i think they broke up because Julie bombed well, that's the other thing, right? Julie and Jersey Girl bombed. Actually, after the fact. That came out after they broke up. But mm-hmm. Julie bombing, right. I think that was a huge embarrassment for both of them because they were so like, oh, this movie is... I mean, he put out a... I, know, I read last night. I forgot about this. He put out an ad in Vanity Fair, a full pager, before the movie came out, while they were both with other people, just as a thank you to J-Lo. Like, wh- I, I screenshotted it. Yes, dude. he's been romancing her in a way that he has never done publicly to anyone from the moment that they met. He loved her. And I believe all of this. I believe that they really loved each other, but I also, and I believe that they have great synastry and that they understand each other at a deep level, but I still don't believe that they aren't just doing each other a solid for PR right now. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think they, I think they are doing each other a solid for PR and and it's working out because I think, I think that- Yeah, I do think that happens more than we think, that people yes. get together for PR and it, and it ends up becoming a real relationship. Well, and you want a real education in astrology? Remember we were talking about the eclipses, right? So the last eclipse was just the, the, the last of the Gemini eclipses in this cycle, and then it won't come again for another 18, 19 years. Well, wouldn't you know, when JLo and Ben got together and then broke up, it was- 19 years ago during the north node in gemini eclipse cycle that's crazy i know so when you talk about when we're talking about like planetary cycles actually j-lo and ben are literally living a full cycle which is like okay so eclipses bring faded people in and out of your life or source put them in their new position for for who they are in your life so i think when they found each other they actually were like oh my god finally appear because the truth is no one does work harder than j-lo and she has never dated anyone on her level before chris judd was a backup dancer she just wanted a husband he was on her level i thought i thought and he sort of put her on she was not as famous before diddy like that was her first power couple i agree i think diddy was great for her career and he put her on but I think that, but I think that Diddy is, I think, like, I think, how do I put it? Like, there was an interview where she's talking about Ben and Argo after they broke up. And they were talking about, like, did you, did you feel good about seeing your ex win? And she was like, oh my God, he, I couldn't be more proud, like, to win best, you know, like, best director, best picture for something that he wrote and directed and starred in. I mean, the way she was talking about this, like, high-level Hollywood accolade, it's just something, Diddy is just more street, and I think that's more familiar to J-Lo. Like, she's a Bronx girl, she's a musician, like, that's in her, that's in her, like, stable. But, like, uh, like a Harvard, Goodwill hunting, Hollywood, like, Boston, sort of, I, I think that that he is sort of, like, like, this this other version of greatness that she really can't touch. Like she wants to be in films, but acting really isn't like her number one thing. I think acting is, I think she is good at acting and I think she should have got the Oscar for Hustlers. I agree. And he said that too, but she doesn't get credit for acting like that. He really does. So here's here's my final question on Mm J-Lo. Why do you 
stand this relationship so much that you were up until 5 a.m. watching videos? Great question, Molly. Because I want to understand why the whole world is standing this relationship. Everyone's talking about it. And I'm just like, why? I don't get it. Well, I don't know if I'm watching for the same things that other people are. I will just say that, okay? So I have two different answers. Like why the world is standing, I think is different than why I'm standing. I'm standing because I am a creep. Okay. And so as I got in, because I kind of wanted to remember, right? Like, and I want because we've been talking a lot about it. Like, I want to see like, what is their chemistry? Like, what was it? I kind of remember, but I, it was 19 years ago. You know, like I also kind of don't. So I'm watching all these interviews and then I'm watching all the interviews from after they broke up. And, and then JLo did this, this talk at the 92nd street Y that I just loved. And the thing that I got out of it is what JLo is very open about is that she doesn't really do single like that well she just she it, she grew up she said I grew up sleeping in the same bed as my sister I'm from like a one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx like when I don't have like a companion because otherwise my life is so public I just I do like to have a companion mm -hmm. she also when Ben and Jen broke up she knew what she was doing so the Scorpio moon in both of them kind of knows intuitively what they're doing and I actually think they are past life I think they're like soulmates back to find each other like even like if, if, if there could be twin flames I think they could be twin flames because ultimately being together was like at first just straight up too hot to handle like yeah they did find yeah. each other as twins but then like the culture wasn't ready for them they weren't ready for all that that meant and here's what I've learned when the stripper thing happened with Ben and Jen so when Ben when Jen loses trust in someone that is the beginning of the end now I don't it think also she, takes her a while to extricate because A-Rod got caught cheating so many times and she just tried to like soar past it. But I don't think it takes her long to extricate. I think she extricates, find another boyfriend and then officially leaves. It's kind of like my family was like evicted, mm -hmm. but we didn't have to move for 12 years. Like I think when she realizes it's over, she gets on her, she gets on her DMs. She gets, you know, and she sees like who's out there, right? But in everything that she wrote, because she's out there acting like the divorce was the big heartbreak of her life. But it's not true. Even in the book she wrote, she's, she's leaving us breadcrumbs. Like literally, the way that I was sending you J-Lo videos in the same vein of like, you don't need to watch, but if I get murdered, this is where I am. I think that she's putting those into the collective going, yeah, even though I'm telling you I'm upset about my divorce, Ben was my first real heartbreak. She talks about that every interview she writes the book about mark anthony but but actually the truth is it starts with all of this heartbreak about ben affleck and she she straight up says mark had been my friend for a long time he felt like safe i wow. wanted safety and the north node had moved into taurus which is really like safety on earth and i could tell through a lot of interviews there were things that the public was saying about her that actually she was internalizing or wrong like at one point she was talking about mark and she was like i guess for why mark felt safer was like you know he made sense for me he was more of a match like we looked right together like we looked good together what they she's actually saying he looks horrible together he looks like a little puppy he is so not on her level like actually jen and ben are on the same level of like megawatt hotness. Actually, she was, it was internalized well, racism. Ben on, ben on a good day, Ben on a good well, day. Yes, but I love his whole vulnerable journey. I think that actually he did the same thing with Jennifer Garner. And I think, I think all celebrities are doing this. Now that I'm like noticing the trends, it's like, oh, when you're rich enough to, to truly end relationships whenever, you're always like, because even after Jen and Ben broke up, when he started dating other Jen, he's like, well, actually we met 
we, we fell in love during this time, but we actually met, met and fell in love, fell in love, you know, during this first movie we did together, but he was with Jen at the time. So I think celebrities are always, no matter who they're with, just noticing even A-Rod, J-Lo and A-Rod met. So how did they get together in the end this time? She tapped him on the shoulder and she said, okay, it's your turn. Scorpio moons, I always say this, are coming back into this life with unresolved romantic issues on their heart. So I think everyone that Jen has been with so far and will be with in her life and Ben have been like past life karmic playouts that had to happen. And I think this is like an old story, tale as old as time that their souls are, are living out, right? But I think that when they first started dating so much of what they both had to, what, what triggered what got triggered in both of them was all their stuff right so when she's saying you know mark anthony and i just like happened to match it's like no you actually could not look worse together but you're just saying that because he's also puerto rican like you think that they were saying you and ben don't match because you're latina and he's white and that is probably what the the jerk tabloids were saying at the time or like what the chatter was they were applying implying yeah right right so that actually so she actually but but she says the only reason that I got together with Mark Anthony was because I just wanted something safe and I was so heartbroken from Ben that like he he just was there to pick me up and recover and Ben says the same things about Jen Garner he was in the worst place of his life why because he had the first real breakup in his life they thought he was going to marry this girl but the other thing about ben how embarrassing to have that out there about yourself that the person you had kids with was settling for you well and so we were talking about though reminds me of like the justin timberlake song mirror which is like a song about settling for jessica beale and it's just like the funniest song dude 100 percent. and you know how we were talking like we talked a few times about how like do we think ben is still in love with jennifer garner and it's like Actually, no, I don't think he ever was. I think part of his like overt displays of affection for her are actually guilt. Like, I think that he, and I think he does love her. And I think she did save his life. And I think Mark Anthony did save her. He sees her as like a mommy figure. Now, so what I think is- him up off the ground. I think what's going to happen with Ben and Jen is like, it is going to fizzle out a little, but in the meantime, until that happens, I need to look within myself at why it bothers me so much that- two Leos are calling the paparazzi on themselves because uh, I'm well, that's just your Capricorn, your Capricorn tur- Taurus ass is like, you earn it or nothing. Right. Exactly. And I'm jealous because I'm like, I want the, the, the attention like, and I'm, and I don't have it. I mean, this podcast is me admitting that I'm jealous of every celebrity. Like don't right, ever your, little, your platform for president is everyone gets a nose job. Right. Well, if they want it or they <laughs> can they get want it. what they want, they can get Wildlife, whatever, what they want. So that's the, the other thing though. I think we I need, think- we need to move on from Ben okay, and Jen. Okay. I have one, I have one thing though that I want to just say, I do think it's important. Do you want to just oh. recap what I said for me and then we can move on? Yeah. Okay. So Sarah just explained in a slightly long-winded way that the reason why Jen and Ben broke up in the first place is because Jen sort of got, got cold feet. Ben Affleck only wanted to get married once. He sensed that she was nervous and he started to get cold feet because he didn't want to have to call it off down the line. Because he and knows then- that she's actually fine with getting divorced is the truth. 
Right. Cause she's been married multiple times. So that's very interesting. And it makes sense why he would want to come back to her again, but it still makes me think that this is not going to be permanent, but that's also fine too. It's just a fun, fun little gossip item to get us back into the swing of things post pandemic. Well, and I think that part of what her game is long-term is that she leaves, she leaves so fast that she leaves the door open. So like there's in multiple interviews, they talk about how they never stop talking. That's why, that's why she could leave A-Rod, because they had a little check-in. He emailed her when she was shooting but her movie. But she doesn't leave fast. She, she leaves, okay, this is what she does. She leaves six months ago or a year ago, but she doesn't leave, she doesn't physically leave until the until day that she- next boyfriend is. Yeah. All right. What a goal for us all to learn from. Now, one thing that I watched today while I was packing, which was a perfect activity for this, because- you know, so it was the Keeping Up with the Kardashians reunion hosted by Andy Cohen. The thing is, I normally don't like to listen to a reunion. I don't like to second screen it. You know what I mean? Mm. Because when it's the housewives, they all are so emotive and they're all fighting for screen time. So you actually need the visuals and they're all talking under each other's breath. But with the Kardashians, none of their faces really move. And <laughs> they don't really care if they get enough screen time. So- it's just a blank slate the whole time. So you could actually listen to the reunion like a podcast is what I'm saying. Well, except for this part two, I think when Scott arrived, I, so Rob Hayes at the last moon, you will made a, a statement that I couldn't agree with more after watching this, which was that without Scott, the show really falls flat. Like that first, the whole first, like it was a two part thing. The whole first part was like <sighs> snooze. So when God arrived, it got infinitely better. And he, because now he's been through this whole sober journey, is genuinely different. And hearing his answers, I felt watching him was interesting. And also watching Chloe was obviously interesting. But otherwise, yeah, they were all just robots. Okay, I thought Scott seemed like he was on so much Xanax. He was acting so weird. I feel like, I mean, maybe he was on Xanax. But I do think that he was the only one there that was actually vulnerable. And I think that's what was hard for him. That's like when, because when Kylie laughs and it's like, yo, this is so deep. I think that he was there in a way, maybe he was a little bit subdued, but I think that he was, was trying to, I think he had the most embarrassing arc of like basically everyone other than Chloe. And I think that he was really trying to like own that he had been the kind of villain of the show because they both said, if you had not been such a drinker, do you think you would have stayed together? And they both said, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I didn't think he was that vulnerable. The only thing I remember him saying, but I do remember the, um, the drinking thing, which was, it, it was good that he said that so openly and that Courtney said it as well. And I do think it is helpful that he goes on TV and talks openly about that because th that's a kind of a new thing. Uh, but yeah, the thing that I remember that stuck out to me was him saying when, when Andy said, well, what's with all the young girls that you're dating? Cause he keeps dating 19 year olds. And he said, yeah. Oh, they don't come after. I don't go after them. They come after me. Yeah. And everyone was like, <laughs> Scott. and even Chris was like, tell him. And I was like, that's really <laughs> annoying to me because first of all, that is like the biggest, like, pedophile handbook answer to be like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's not my fault that all these young hot chicks yeah. like me and then second of all I'm not surprised by this because I already know this about the Kardashian women they their loyalty 
to women does not extend beyond women who are in their immediate family. Absolutely. It's like this omerta that they have, like feminism does not exist in the Kardashian world. Whether you want to interpret any of their actions as feminist is up to you and your school of feminism. But for them personally, outside of their unit, and outside of the parents of their unit, like the way that one of them drew a distinction, like, oh, if if Tristan didn't have a kid with yeah. Chloe, he would have been out on his ass sooner. Kim kind of said that. If you're not blood related in their unit, not even a cousin, but in the the nuclear family of the Kardashians or a father of one of their kids, not a mother of one of their kids because Black China's out of there, but uh, then you don't matter. No matter what your race, your gender, anything, it does not, how much money you have, you don't count. So like, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I found that kind of interesting that, that Chris is like, and also we know that Chris has sort of a, uh, an elastic morality when it comes to even letting her own minor daughter date a 23 year old man with a child. I mean, and not to mention that even now, Caitlin's girlfriend Sophia is also hilariously young so this is part of their at least out of college yes but this is sort of the they they kind of bought into I think I think they all are kind of in certain ways old school misogynist which is like oh yeah of course I'd go like date young people because even Chris's partner is like in his 30s and she's almost 60 so I know he's younger than like Kim he's younger than Kim so like I kind of think that they they sort of you know there are certain hollywood i think tropes that they have internalized and adopted as normal and i think that that's really one of them and i mean i thought i think that was interesting too and they're talking like the kardashian curse like are all the men ruined after they date you and it's like well actually they're like for chloe for example she's coming in mid you know alcoholic breakdown i mean she she's picking like she's picking the most already struggling men to turn into her partners so it's like actually they're not screwed afterwards they've just now been on television with all their faults I also yeah I also really liked how Andy listed out all the accomplishments of the men they've dated because he was like how many Super Bowl rings and NBA titles and Grammys and everything have these guys had and it's like yeah they're all doing fine like it's such a sexist misogynist narrative to they're fine yeah so uh, yeah, and I and I I appreciated seeing Kendall get a little annoyed about that too because I was like very surprised that she would even form an opinion on that. She actually had a lot to say, which was kind of interesting. Uh, she but- was she was sort of the breakout star of the event because she was the only one that showed us a more like a, just a different side of like Kim and Chloe. I mean, Kim and Courtney are just great at being themselves. They have their characters in in the bag. They crush. Yeah, Chloe is clearly. Uh, just being molded like clay by insecurity. And that is like the uncomfortable thing. That was like the the elephant in the room that everyone was like tiptoeing around things. But I thought that Kendall and Kylie were actually refreshingly um, intelligent and- and Okay, but Kylie like didn't speak. She didn't, but I thought that when she did, I I, I felt that I- I heard her speaking and not an Instagram filter. Like I, yeah. I, I felt that she was really there. I thought when she was talking about Caitlyn's transition and just the fact that I think it's interesting that they they addressed that like Kate like like Chloe, Courtney, and Kim have a different experience of the show and how they show up on the show. Like Kylie and Kendall did not have a choice, so yeah. that's why like their pregnancy and and their boyfriends aren't on the show because they're actually like all right. 
we're in this, they didn't know a time that they were not on the show. They were 10 years old when it started. And I think hearing that from them was, was interesting to me. But it was also really funny to me how they both, both Kendall and Kylie were like, oh yeah, we decide not to have our relationships on the show because we've seen what it did with our sisters. And it's like, no, you actually have a privilege of not putting it on the show because you are automatically famous. Like, and you're not realizing that this is the older sister's product. Like their 100%. product is their dirty laundry. And like, it seems like that went completely over their heads, but I'm sure the well, older- I think that they're like, I think it's their little mini rebellion because I think they're like, yeah. that's your product, but we were children and we did not choose this. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I really thought it was funny when Kendall was like, you know, Andy asked how she got into modeling and she explained the story of her bringing the modeling book to Chris as if it wasn't in the show, which was interesting. I was like, wow, did she forget that we all saw that? No, we saw it. Yeah. And then she was like, and then she just worked her Chris Jenner magic and blah, blah, blah. And then three seconds later, she's like, my last name hurt me and it was hard and I got fewer jobs because of it. And that was just like, no, you did not. That is patently untrue. 100%. And then she's also like, I was doing what everyone else was doing. I was running around Europe. I was going to the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, but if you're staying the four seasons, it's way different than if you're staying in like the model hostel. The model like, hostel where predatory club promoters yeah. are coming every night to try and like bribe you to hang out with old men for a meal. Like it's not the same. Right. If you were at whatever Ritz was in Indiana, the shoot you had to go to in the middle of nowhere. If you were in Marfa, Texas, you were, you were like buying shit from the Prada store. It wasn't totally middle of nowhere doing right. nothing. She was like, probably talking about like Greenpoint. Right. Literally <laughs> right. where she stayed in the hotel with the pool. It's like, yeah. We got you. We got you. And like, you didn't have debt to your modeling agency. Like most models, you know, people shit on models a lot and, and they say it's an easy job. Like, yeah, the act of posing for a photo is not hard, but all the shit that goes along with it is so you're so vulnerable and it's so difficult and you take on so much debt trying to become a model. And like most models don't even break even, or they, they only, they barely even make a profit. And then the other thing that bothers me when people shit on models is saying how dumb they are. Like, First of all, we don't expect female scientists to also be hot. Like, <laughs> being extremely hot should be enough. Like, yeah. let's let that be some people's gift. Second of all, most models are children. They start when they are 16. Mm -hmm. And if they're any good at it, they leave school. And then they flame out by the time they're 22. Their brain's not even developed yet. Of course, they yeah. fucking seem stupid. And then right. and they're, and they're right. dating 45-year-old men who are, like, preying on them. So it's like, yeah, if she doesn't have something to say at Balthazar when she's with all of your, like, 50-year-old real estate tycoon friends, I think she's got an excuse. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I, but I think that was an interesting, at least like, it was an interesting way of Kendall kind of trying to say, like, this was a path I chose. Like, I think with all the other girls, there's sort of this. By, you know, be, by being six feet tall and having a BMI of 17, by the way. Well, that's what she said though. Cause she's like, I do think it was like part of my calling. And it's like, yeah, it is. You're built for it. Like she's literally built for it. Like, Right. That this is what she's here to do. Like, she is here to be a model. She is six foot tall and the size of a pancake. I mean, it's like, and when yeah. she, yeah. And when she said, she, right, sure. Yeah. If she wasn't modeling, she'd be an athlete in the Olympics. I 100% believe that. That would I do too. be true. Yeah. Yeah. I think her owning, and I liked knowing that actually, like, the horses thing is very real. She's like, no, I have two horses. I ride every day. Like, I do think she's more 
grounded than we maybe give her credit for. And I think she's like a cooler person. Although I did feel so weird. Like I, I really had a lot of love for them. And then at the very end, when it was like cheers and they're all cheersing with the tequila and it was just a group full of white people. I was like, whoa. And, this actually, and then it's like, and then when they were saying the names and it was all the K's, I was a little bit like, whoa, is this an Illuminati thing? Cause it was like K, 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 K. White people, cheers to the tequila. And it was like, whoa, I actually, everything I thought for the last two hours about really loving them, now I'm like, oh my God, wait a second. Are they white supremacists? Like I immediately at that final shot, I was like, ugh. And we didn't really need to have the entire reunion sandwiched with 818 tequila promos. Like- and, and Chloe and True selling, what was it, insurance? The weird Chloe commercial that you saw oh, a million it, times? is it the migraine one? I didn't migraine see it. I'm watching one. it here. Yeah, but- True residuals. I know. Someone, I hope True has her own agent separate from Chloe because I do think it's messed up when they're putting little babies in, um, you know. Thousand percent. And I think, I hope that True has a therapist as well. Yes, definitely. Someone get Uh, True a therapist. Speaking of Chloe, I thought it was really interesting how she said that she doesn't, that she was never um, insecure until the show. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I believe that actually. And at the beginning of the show, when you watch, she, I mean, she obviously has never been like the pretty sister and she talks about that. No, but, but I don't she think, doesn't seem to have known that until the show. I don't think she did. I, I think at the early episodes of the show, why we like loved Chloe so much is because she was really funny and was being her that funny character. And she was that like cool sister who was like the funny one. And then I think it got, it truly got the best of her. Yeah, I do I, think I, that the public hurt her deeply. That was endearing to me to, to, to know that like she actually thought she was like a bombshell like Kim. I don't know why. I love, I just I know, love- I felt that way too. Yeah, anyone with like sort of delusional self-confidence, I, I just love. And saying that like she would squeeze into the same dresses as Kim. I was like, wow, you, that is manifesting. That is like- that's the power of positive thinking right there. Now, after she's gotten plastic surgery, which she talked about, and, and in her mind, we know she looks better than ever, that she also said she's more insecure than ever, which I think is a really interesting point. I know. This is the thing. It's like, I think plastic surgery is great for whoever wants to get it, but also at a certain point, you gotta accept the materials you were given. Like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna get, I think if I have enough money and I have someone to like watch my kids for a week while I recover, I will get a boob job after I have kids. I feel like it's gonna make me feel bad and it's gonna, I'm gonna want that. And like, I just think God bless, but also like you can't want to change your entire face. Like also I'm not judging anyone who does because God knows I want to sometimes, but it's, it's really hard to learn how to accept yourself. But with Chloe, I just want to be like, Chloe, we know what you look like and it's fine. And everyone still loves you. Like you said, everyone loved her most of all when she was like pre nose job, had no idea, like didn't have a glam team. Like we, I feel so bad for her that she feels that bad about it. I know. I feel bad for her. Uh, I feel so bad for her. And I thought it was interesting too, that like when the paternity thing came up, like she was saying, like, it's, like you saw how immediately, cause you, I think it, a lot of the things that were unsaid spoke volumes. So like when Chloe brought up the paternity thing and like, 
Kim and Courtney were like immediately rushing to be like, but actually you're more Armenian than us. Like Kim, that was really like, sweet. That was sweet that they did that. that. That Chloe was like, yeah, but that isn't the point. Yeah. She was trying to say, she was trying to make a different point that everyone was trying to kind of not hear, which is that it doesn't matter who the father is. It matters that the culture is so obsessed with her looking so much worse you know the, the connotation you know we're looking so much different and worse than our sisters that they couldn't possibly be from the same bloodline and like that's actually what hurt her it wasn't that like who's the dad it was like wow you think my sisters are so much prettier than me that i couldn't possibly be related and yeah. i think that is a weird one to internalize like damn yeah that actually that would hurt a lot also like chloe still is better looking than 90 percent of humans on earth probably i don't think so i okay. think that 70 or 80 percent. she's gonna get another nose job where they widen it a little bit that nose is too small for her face it's a great either nose way. job for a different face but either way she i'm looks just saying she right she, she she's got work done it's just no i'm just saying like she looks so much better than she thinks and like oh, yeah yeah the, the issue is having to be standing next to kim kardashian every day like 100 who, who would survive that i don't know how courtney isn't like hasn't driven herself insane over that because they look so similar like that you actually would start to drive yourself crazy being like oh well you know my sister's the most gorgeous person in the world and these are the five features that we don't have in common so maybe I should get those but Courtney doesn't see she seems not susceptible to that which I just want to know how do you bottle up that confidence and like sell well, it first of all because Courtney's such an Aries like Courtney is a little bit like out here not even she doesn't really even look at other people like she's very self-absorbed she's in her own own stuff and I think she actually is just pretty enough I mean I think it's part of where they were like what is your passion it's like why didn't she just say being a mom like I, I think that she like that for them not to make that enough to me was like oh that, like no it's not poosh Courtney relax it's your it's not your lifestyle it's your children it's and they were they were sort of rolling their eyes when she said that she was like just lifestyle I mean lifestyle is my passion and sharing about my lifestyle and everyone was like okay Courtney but the other thing is and not that we care about straight men's perspective but mm -hmm. you know we do a little um Every straight guy thinks that Courtney is the hottest one by far. But right. I, I also think that's because straight men don't like it when women have autonomy over their bodies, which is like a whole nother conversation. Like if a straight man can detect that a woman has modified her body in any way, they like freak out. Like, and yeah. how many times do you hear straight guys saying things like, oh, plastic surgery never looks good. And it's like, buddy, Marilyn Monroe had plastic surgery. Like every woman that you think is hot has plastic surgery. All the porn you watch is plastic surgery. Like plastic surgery does look good. It doesn't look good when it's bad surgery, but like for the most part, it looks fucking good. So they just, yeah. they have a weird thing where they don't like when people, when women are free to mess with their looks. But see, I think you just nailed it on the head, which is that we know from the beginning of like pre keeping up with the Kardashians, Kim was on a mission for fame. Like she's the one talk about calling the paparazzi on herself. She talks about it, right? Like she. Oh, I loved how honest she yeah, was about that. Yeah, she was like, "No, I would know where they would go and show up there." I don't think Courtney ever cared about. I think she just happens to be hot and was down for whatever. But I don't think she has the same desire to be famous or I, I think she was fine just being like a, a relatively rich Hollywood person and she was just ready to have kids and did like I don't think that she cared about like 
the fame or spotlight or dating celebrities or doing, you know, she was happy with her Long Island King and, and, you know, just popping out his babies. And she would, she, she kept, she kept that relationship going as long as she could. I mean, she did, she didn't have like high aspirations for her like big Hollywood career. Yeah. Or even like a big Hollywood husband or anything. She's just like chilling. I thought she went to Arizona state. I think she's like, went to, you know, she went to college. She, I think she's more normal than, than most of than the others. She's the oldest. She kind of actually is fine with what I think she's really whatever. Like I'm care about what I care about. And otherwise I don't care. She hits a friggin' jackpot in life because she is loaded rich. Like, Kim did buy her a career. I love when Kim said, I'm not buying her a pair of shoes. I bought her a career. She did. Like, Courtney would still be working in Dash if it wasn't for Kim. But she also probably would be happy with that. But still, she wouldn't have been on the cover of Architectural Digest, you know? But I thought it was interesting, too, because they were like, what's your passion? And I think it's, like, funny that she didn't even mention fashion, which was, like, their whole first thing. That's why Andy's like, so your passions have changed. And she's like, oh, yeah. It's like, this bitch does not care. She's just, like, literally... I'm just here because like I'm supporting my family, but like I have, I don't care. I don't think she wanted, I think she's like, whatever. She's asleep at the wheel at all. Yeah. Like Jesus is driving the car and she's Mm -hmm. just in there like slumped over like Lindsay Lohan with the hoodie on. Just going with it, make sure there's vegan options. Like that's all that she cares about. Right. It was crazy uh, how they all said that they don't promote an unattainable body image. Like they clearly, and then they were like, we all work really hard. And it's like, no, but like you yeah, you work hard, but you also do a lot of stuff to yourself. If you get butt injections, you're manipulating your body, like, and you're creating an unattainable standard. Like, that's, like, period. Yeah. Uh, they went over the Tristan Thompson, Jordan Woods cheating scandal. Uh, Chloe said that Jordan never apologized to her. I think that Jordan probably did try to at the time, and I think at that point, Chloe was closed for business Mm. i think that jordan didn't go out of her way after the fact to keep reaching out because what she did wasn't even that bad but i think that they were on a break they were on a break she was like a teenager and it was a six in the morning drunken peck like everybody relax like we know who this guy is for him to hit on jordan and then for her in her drunken six in the morning leaving his house state to let him kiss her is like Okay. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. I also think Chloe does have a pretty serious victim complex. Oh, yeah. So she was going to, which is a narcissistic trait. Cause that's been my rabbit hole is going through all these narcissist videos. So <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she definitely has a victim complex. She definitely needs to find a way to make herself a victim every time. And I think she's watching, you know, they're all friends with Chrissy Teigen. She's watching the Chrissy Teigen scandal and she's seeing how, uh, Courtney Stodden got one up on Chrissy by saying, actually, Chrissy never apologized. So Chloe was like, ooh, technically Jordan never apologized to me because I never took her call. So I'm going to try That's that. Exactly. That's exactly what I think. Right? I think that, I think Court, I think Jordan is not an idiot. I think she tried to do what she could at that time to do damage control. And they were like, don't even. And then she and Kylie had a, Kylie said it was like overnight breakup. I mean, it must've been yeah. a real heartbreak for Kylie. And I think Chloe saying like, if they want to be friends, that's fine. That's kind of like when you say like, let's not do presents for Valentine's day this year. It's like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but like that can't possibly be true. Like Chloe, Chloe is too petty to let Jordan back in. I'm sure that anytime 
like Kylie was like, I talked to Jordan. I'm sure that Chloe was like, I roll, not saying anything, but mm, right. you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, technically you said it's okay, but we know it's not. Chloe and Meghan Markle have a little bit of the same thing going where they need to constantly always look like the most virtuous person in the room yes. and the victim. It's like, you know, I think it's a similar sort of thing. The real painful thing though about this Chloe moment, and then there's another one too, but when we're talking about the Tristan thing and the Jordan thing, at, during the filming of this special, they were back together. So she's like, all season we were not together. Then something clicked, we became best friends. So here she is again, claiming that he has done the work and she forgives him. And now, two days ago, it's like, okay, it's confirmed. It's officially over, over. So it's like, poor Chloe too. She cannot just control her story. Even like she controlled everything she did about her body. And then like a, a good photo of her gets leaked. And then she's upset about it. It's like, if she could just, she's dying to control her storyline in whatever way she can. And yet she can't get a grip on making a choice and just it sticking. She just keeps getting got. She needs to hang out with Megan and Harry. I don't know how I never realized this until now. Like I they, like, I like that for them. Yeah, they all have the same sort of like, I think thing that is like getting in their way of of just caring way too much what other people think, being kind of thin skinned, and and having this need to prove that they are like so virtuous and great. And I don't know. I think well, actually, maybe they should not never hang out together. Probably right. Maybe if anything, like they should hang out together in some kind of a like support group setting. Like maybe they yeah. should be in the same therapy group. Like group you know, therapy, yeah. that's like what I would say. But like I do think that Chloe. I think it was really interesting. Like they literally were tip every time Chloe was asked a question, it was as if everyone's breath stopped and it, and they were treating her like she was a child. It was like, yes, Chloe, good Chloe. And then the big, I mean, the way that the two moments that killed me, aside from the fact that we know that she and Tristan have now broken up. One thing was Andy's like, what did you guys, uh, how, how, Chloe, how has Chloe changed the most since the beginning of the show? Not only did no one say the thing that we were all thinking, which is, oh, she looks completely different. Uh, <laughs> but then Chris's answer was so bad. Chris's answer was like, look, Chloe's beautiful. She basically just did a canned answer for the thing that's just in her head, which is like, we just need Chloe to have more confidence because we know she's beautiful. It's like, not only did you just not answer the question, but you inadvertently answered the the question right you know what i mean it's like oh no so really what you're saying is the way that chloe's changed is she's become much more insecure and gotten plastic surgery and we acknowledge that she was beautiful then and beautiful now and it's like Ugh! there was another shady moment where chloe was saying like when she was talking about her body image stuff she was like you know a lot of things have changed since we started the show there's instagram there's you know blah 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 and then courtney goes there's filters and then it just keeps, uh, like, no one acknowledges it. And I was like, no one talked about how much she edits her photos. Like, except Courtney being like, there's filters. And that was it. Well, Courtney was the only one who was lying, but in a way that we knew what she was doing. And I liked her for that. Like, she was so honest. Even when she was telling so answers right. that were just, like, the right thing to say, she'd be like, mm -hmm. Like, when they were like, what do you think of Scott dating Amelia? She's like... He, she, they're like, do you give her, do you give him your blessing? And she's like, whoever would make him happy, I give the blessing, right? Like, she specifically was like, no, not Amelia, that's, she's no one. And then she also had another one like that too, where they were like, 
they were, oh, oh, she got in a dig about like families that hang out together. You know, that's for Travis Barker and how close their families are. And she's kind of giving a like, all we care about is recreating this, which is what I'm doing now with my new man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one too. Then the other, someone said something like, they were like, oh, so Courtney, you must feel this way about that. And it was like, I think Andy asked her something and she just went, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it was like you wanted her to be like no no this is what I feel and she just was like yeah I guess so she really truly can abstain in a way that none of the other ones seem to have a handle over yeah. and I like that about her but I also I also kind of love how she said whenever her kids have a bad day she lets them stay home from school and watch movies oh, I know. how spoiled but how amazing what a great well, memory to have as a was, kid my mom was like that too and I think Courtney's parenting style is actually very similar to my parents' parenting style, which is just like, it's a, right. For her answer to not be my, my kids are my passion. Being a mom is my passion is just like raw. That's the only wrong answer she gave, but it's like, I loved that. I loved finding out that she was like actually the coolest mom. And I think those kids are going to be pretty well adjusted as a result. And I also like that Scott was like, I'm glad they're going to see my, my sobriety journey because has there ever been a better endorsement not to drink? It's why I'm glad you can see why it didn't work out with your mother and how I blew it. Like this is a, a, a do not drink ad. Yeah. But he also looks like he's having a great time and everyone's laughing. Like yeah. the episode when they're in Vegas is so funny. True. True. But I do think towards the middle of the, of the show, he yeah. was, he was looking pretty, he was, he really was the focal point for like not having his shit together. It's going to be, it, it gets darker. Yeah. In the yeah. middle. But to me, the darkest, darkest was they bring up Rob and Chloe is his like spokesperson. And I think you could see her brain working and getting the answers that they had discussed before and out. And then they pull away. I don't know why they kept the shot in, but Chris hits her leg, like you nailed it. Like she gave her like a go girl. Yes, you nailed that. And it's just like, wow, Chloe, who was we initially the best talker, like she wouldn't need credit for saying the right thing because that's like what she knew how to do. Whereas now it's like, no one's talking about her in a nice way, really. They're answering questions that are actually the exact opposite of what they're trying to do about her. And then the one thing that they're like, yes, Chloe, was her just basically speaking for Rob about Black China in a way that didn't name her name. And Chris is like, yes, you go girl, you did it, you nailed it. And it was like, oh my God, how low is this person feeling that she needs even that kind of re- like encouragement for like, you nailed it, got the sentence right. It's like, oh, oh that is God. bad. And Painful. also like, she's always sort of been Rob's sp- spokesperson in a really cloying way. Like she was always my least favorite sister just because I did find, no, because I just found her to be mean. I found her sense yeah. of humor to be mean and she was yeah. mean to him and but a lot of that was probably acting for the show because you need conflict on a reality show so they probably all would draw straws and they were probably laughing about it afterward but I don't know she just always struck me as mean when she posted that picture of what she thought was Chloe Grace Moretz's butthole which we discussed in a prior episode like I just was like wow you're really a mean mean person that's terrible not to make an astrology lesson but that is what Uranus is asking us to do this is such a great north node in also an eclipse story this show started 19 years ago and it's like this is the other part of the story or this is like the follow-up to the the storyline about the siblings like that's what a that's what this moment is for them yeah. And also they're still going to have another TV show. It's just going to be some. Right. Else. Right. Um, I, 
I really liked last thing I'll say when Kim said she's still Kanye's biggest fan. It oh, just yeah. it, it made me want to cry. And I like when she said, I wish I'd only been married once because I really do think that, you know, things change. I think they were and will always be one of the greatest couples of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into Britney Spears, her hearing. She's having her hearing today. Has she spoken yet? Do we know? I think so. I'm going to look up on Twitter, but there's this big um, story that came out in the New York Times that talks about just how much she was against the conservatorship. Wow. For years. And she was like always, you know, asking to petition to not be in it anymore. Her dad is a recovering alcoholic and she would say to the court, he's drinking. You need to test him. You need to test him for drinking. And they would say, um, you have no right to say that he can't drink. Meanwhile, they're putting her under all these drug tests and everything. Uh, it's just this, this New York times story was crazy. Well, and did you see the thing that came out where I don't remember which one it was, it was one of the other judges on, I guess it was like the British X factor or the voice, whatever one she was on somebody who worked on that show said that they would have to take breaks constantly because she was so like doped up. Like they had her on so many drugs that she would like almost like nod off while they were filming. And like, they would have to basically like resurrect her every time they were going to turn the camera on her and she was going to make a statement. It was like, when we didn't see her on camera, she was like literally like snoozing. Like they, they have drugged her facts. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's really, so scary and complex about this is you know they have said that britney has bipolar disorder and there was a big story a couple years ago where it came out that she really didn't want to take her medication and her dad was trying to get her like sort of force her to do it compel her to do it and she was saying like i shouldn't have to and it actually if you're bipolar you do need to take your medication but like god knows what medications they had her on it's well, and I also a think it's hard situation. Because, I also think it's hard because I think bipolar is one of those things that's a little bit hard to diagnose. Like I have a few people in my life who have been diagnosed and then re-diagnosed, you know, and I, I think that mm. the issue with Brittany is that she was famous so young. Who knows what she went through? We know that she was on amphetamines like her whole life leading up to that moment. So also as someone who who you and I both have, have taken amphetamines, like we do know that at a certain point it does, it does, you could appear to be pretty up and down so it's like I don't know what exactly like I I think this diagnosis probably wasn't wrong but I think it's confusing for her because I I don't think it was just like all of a sudden she was having manic episodes I think she kind of was raised being pushed to have a bit of a manic episode and then she had a, a depressed rebound because it was so over the top how much they were I mean the amount of work that she was doing as a kid there's no way she wasn't heavily heavily like up, like up, up, uppers. Right. Like I always say that. Like for a kid to be as naturally charismatic as someone like Britney Spears, like you could very well be manic because that makes you charismatic and magnetic. A lot of child stars end up being diagnosed with bipolar disorder later on. And I don't think it's causation. I think it's correlation because I think mm. it's, if you're a magnetic person who has a lot of energy, you're going to be a star from a young age, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting. Cause it's like not a typical case where it's like, okay, so from the time Jimmy was in the first grade, here's the patterns we noticed. It's like really hard to track patterns of quote unquote normal from her because when she became an adult and we started worrying about her, she had never even done life normally. So for her to be like, she was appearing, 16 when Baby One More Time came out. 
Right. And then she was when like, she shot the video. And then she was sexualized and had a public breakup and then be- became the benefactor for her whole family. And then they, you know, it's like, I kind of get, and then she stopped trusting everybody. Like whatever the diagnosis is, I do think, I do think there's, it's like, there's also trauma baked in there that we don't really know how to address. And she probably doesn't even want us to address because like it embarrasses her on some level. Right. It's so vulnerable. We have no idea what's going on. Like, that's why I always say on this podcast, like since diva behavior, I always say, like, I don't want to go through the game of going through her Instagram posts with a fine tooth comb and trying to pick up messages because whatever she's putting on Instagram, we know it's being mediated through people. We know she doesn't just have a phone that she's posting it herself. You know, whether this is her 100% raw unfiltered or whether they are pushing her to look a little bit crazier, we will never know. And it's like, we don't know what's going on right now with her. Well, that's why I think today was so interesting because to actually hear her speak, not to like social media about what her favorite Disney movie is, but like in a court would be so interesting. Also astrologically, this is unbelievable timing because today actually there's a really powerful alignment at 25. So, so right now we have Pluto in opposition to Venus and it's on her, so so her Venus is opposite the current Venus, and Pluto is on her Venus. So when we see this, in general, when we see Pluto opposite Venus, Venus is like love and money and like the feminine. Pluto is like deep transformational change. So what we can expect even in our own lives is this sort of like uncovering of these parts of our divine feminine that we have been either ignoring or abusing or rejecting or silencing. And so she's kind of living out this opposition where she's like, actually, my Venus in my fourth house in Capricorn, where my south node, my past life and my Venus is, is going to speak that is that unearthing that we've been waiting for so this opposition is really like this is a real taking back power moment for her if she is able to formulate sentences right well that's the (laughs) thing it's like they have it within their power to make her look crazy and venus like i think the visual most people have for venus even if they don't realize it is the venus de milo the painting where she's on the half shell and and like britney is that for a certain generation of people she is the millennial venus de milo like she came to us fully formed from the oceans of disney channel and talk about past her south node in capricorn with her venus past life expertise with her venus in capricorn which is sort of like the public so what you're saying is exactly the astrology yeah. So she, I want to go through some of the stuff that was uh, reported in this New York Times yeah, story yeah. that came out last night. I'm sure this isn't 100% new information, but they synthesized it in a way that was very jaw dropping and also easy to understand. So last year, Britney's lawyer told a judge that she is, quote, afraid of her father. Meanwhile, he is in charge of her $60 million fortune, which, by the way, $60 million is. Too low for Britney Jean Spears. That's what I thought too. I was like, that's not that much money. I mean, it is like for me, but like in terms of like billionaires and millionaires in the world, like actually that's like, that's an amount of money that's actually difficult to manage. Not because it's like so much that you could just buy too much Taco Bell, but because it's actually like not enough that you, like you actually do have to consciously manage it right. properly because it goes fast. When, when that amount of money goes fast. That's the thing. I think her family's been treating her like an ATM, allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly for yeah. 30 years. And I agree. 
Like it's like they say on Succession. Nick is watching Succession for the first time, and I'm rewatching. Love it Succession. Me. I cannot wait for it to come back. Yeah, and we're in uh, the end of the second season now. And when Greg is talking about getting his fortune from his grandfather pushed from 250 million down to 5 million, and all the Roy kids are like, "Oh, you don't want 5 million? That's a nightmare." They were like, you're, you're going to need to like do so much work to even make that worth it for you. So yeah, 60 million makes no sense. Uh, while she was in her Vegas residency, she earned millions and she got a $2,000 a week allowance, which oh my God. sounds like a dream come true to have someone manage my money and get a $2,000 a week allowance. But yeah. yeah, she's a grown woman. She was, and if you watched in the documentary, the Hulu documentary, she was completely lucid during that Vegas residency. She does not seem out of it whatsoever. So like, it doesn't make sense. Um, she wanted to retire. She had mentioned retiring to her lawyer and she, but she believed the conservatorship precluded that. So she's like, I want to retire, but I don't know if I can. And that's why I've said for years, I'm like, don't go to Britain. Not that she's touring or anything now, but I'm like, I don't want to, support her career because the money's going to her dad i felt the same way somebody asked me i went to vegas i don't think she wants to be performing i don't think well and i went to vegas during the time that she was performing and actually the guy who i i went on like a work trip but it was a very it's film so it was like very like what do we want to do guys and they were like britney or blue man group and i was shocked to hear myself say i'd rather go to blue man group but it was for that reason i felt a little bit like i don't want to see britney like this i don't i don't want to like i don't want to play into this exploitation of her right exploitation that's exactly it so what else did they say she was forced into a mental okay this is crazy 2019 she was forced into a mental health facility against her will on exaggerated grounds she viewed this as a punishment for standing up for herself and making an objection during a rehearsal for the vegas residency she like i said she was, seems totally lucid during this time she stood up for herself and said, no, I don't want to do that. And they sent her to a mental health facility. Well, I actually think that that's what they do with her. Because even when you, even in like the documentary in Hulu, when they describe that outburst she had where she is trying to umbrella the car and shaves her head, actually, even though it was, when it was obviously an act out, but actually even then she sounded pretty normal to me. Like actually the reaction she was having was appropriate to the magnitude of uh, stress like and and handlers she has been under. And then they immediately took her to the psych ward. And then there was another time they took her to the psych ward. Uh, and it was kind of a thing that from what I remember, it was like a Kevin Federline basically like threw her under the bus and to make her look crazy and lose custody of her kids. It was another thing where she had just kind of said like, no, I'm not doing this. And they were like, she must be crazy to put her in the ambulance. And she was like, what the hell? And yeah. so she's actually been put under these sort of she's been put in the she's been institutionalized a number of times in situations where I think we all kind of could agree that that was like a little bit extreme like maybe yeah. just maybe they needed a red yeah. table talk and not like a you know a, a gurney well but the thing is she has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and sometimes you do need to be institutionalized for that so this is sure. what the problem is with like this is all what diva behavior was about is once you paint a woman with a certain brush, you can paint her into any corner you want and you can do whatever you want to her. And once we saw her shave her head, once we saw her take the umbrella to the paparazzo's car, that was it for her. It was like, Brittany will never have autonomy ever again. She yeah. 
will never be trusted to run her life. Men get to do that shit all the time. Sean Penn tied Madonna to a chair and beat her for six hours, and he doesn't have a conservator. Like, this is literally just men controlling a woman. Like, not literally. Where is, a- where is Charlie Sheen's conservator? Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Where's Chandler's conservator? Right. Like men are allowed to run rampant and do whatever they want. And they are even allowed to hurt people. Like Mm -hmm. the only time Brittany was ever accused of maybe hurting someone is when she drove with her kid on her lap, which is obviously not the best idea ever. But like a gated community. Like my grandpa put me on his lap too sometimes. You know what I mean? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And it's like in, they live in a gated community in Calabasas. two miles an hour. None of us even wore seatbelts until the mid nineties. Like, let's right. be serious. It's like he was. Look, like, yeah, obviously not the best thing, but fine. So it's just like, it, once you stigmatize a woman, it just shows how much more susceptible to stigma women are. And this See, that's applies why, to like- That's yeah. why I'm also a little bit hesitant to even go with the bipolar diagnosis though, because the truth is like, okay, so if you told me that in some of these videos where she's like super drugged, like if you said like, this is someone on lithium who doesn't have bipolar disorder, that would make sense to me actually, because it is, when you see someone who is taking lithium who's on bipolar disorder, they actually- are just relatively like normal. Like it's actually like, it is a mood stabilizer. If she's falling asleep at things, this is too heavy a drug. Right, right. That's a hundred percent true. Like, yeah. And that's why a lot of people who are bipolar don't want to take lithium because it does sort of like, it can numb you out. Mm -hmm. Allegedly I've heard. Mm -hmm. So here's more crazy shit from that story. Uh, In August of this past year, or no, it was 2019. In August of 2019, when she was preparing for the Vegas residency, there was an alleged physical altercation between her dad and her 13-year-old son. No charges were, and he doesn't have to have a conservatorship, the dad, and he's fucking beating her. Well, not beating, whatever. Maybe he just gave him a little shove, whatever, but physical I bet a million dollars it was worse than Maddox and Brad, I'll tell you that. Right. No charges were filed in the incident, but the child's father, Kevin Federline, was granted a restraining order barring Mr. Spears from seeing the children. Whoa. So if Mr. Spears can't see the grandkids, but actually is controlling the mother completely, there is a problem. Right. How is that in any universe a, a solution that makes sense? Well, and not You're to mention- too violent to see the kids, but you can control $60 million. Right. Well, and it's also like, we know that it skips a generation, right? Like everybody's like, my grandparents were so sweet. And then the parents were like, well, not when I was growing up, but it's like, they always say like, it skips a generation because like, you're never nice to your own kids, but it's always like the grandparents and the grandchildren that actually have that common bonded enemy of the parents, right? Like that's like such an old trope about families. In this case, for him to have that bad of a relationship with the children, I can't even imagine how bad it is with his own child. Damn. He's a dick. They said it in the Hulu documentary and 
they say it in this time story. He was not involved in her life until she got super rich. And then he swooped in and said, oh, by the way, this is my money. Well, and I read the Lynn Spears tell-all many, many years ago. Oh my God, is it good? Um, I mean, it was, like, I did read it. I believe I was, like, still in high school. So, like, it was, you know, or, like, whenever, early college or something. So it was many, many years ago. But it was fabulous. And again, the common enemy in the book without it actually being that accusatory. Like it was, I liked the book because it was very like, I mean, look, they are definitely like hometown normies aside from this kid's talent. So like the book was written from the perspective. It was very authentic, like mother who tried to support this kid's talent that was far and beyond their resources and far and beyond their capacity to know what to do. And Jamie and her marriage was a huge part of actually Britney's mental problems. Like like her and Jamie's marriage and the disillusion of it and his abusive alcoholism and his chaotic behavior is, is part of when Britney started to sort of act out in certain ways because it's a, a daddy-daughter thing, you know? Yeah. So for him to now come around like the big hero just because he's a man is so sad. And it's like, no, Lynn Spears must be just, there must be something they have on her that's allowing her to- Well, I you know, think what we learned in the Hulu documentary is that maybe Lynn and Jamie Lynn are also getting a cut as well. Well, we know that they are, and we know that the brother is too. We know, right. we know Brian. And that's why Brian's like, the women in my family are headstrong. And it's like, no, they're just successful. Right. And you're a fucking dirtbag loser. Right. You still live there because you didn't even leave. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why aren't you embarrassed? Here's the other thing. Uh, they, because of it's a, because it's a conservatorship that Britney's under, she has to pay for the lawyers on both sides. And oh my God, they are robbing her. And listen to this, the lawyers on her sides, on her side, which should not even be, like everyone they ever interview about conservatorship law says that this conservatorship makes no sense and there's no real case for it. So for some reason, she's paying the legal masterminds that still haven't be able, been able to get her out of this fucking thing. $890,000 for four months of work, Stop. which includes- I don't feel bad about my, I don't feel bad about raising my coaching rates anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that includes media strategizing. Like she has to pay. It's and so, like, It's so fucked up because it's basically like paying your captors to keep you captive. Those are her lawyers. It doesn't oh, no, matter. His, the whole, his, I'm sorry. No, but the whole system is benefiting from her being in this conservatorship, whether they're fighting for her or not. Everybody yeah. benefits when, she, when she's this caged bird, period. This was 890 for four months of her dad. I got it wrong. It wasn't that for her lawyers. Worse. Yeah, that was her dad, and it includes his media strategy to defend. So, right, it's literally paying for her captors to keep her captive. Yeah. That's what she's doing. So fucked up. Um, How did any, her statement go, though? Any, any news on, like... It's not she... out yet. I'm sure it's just been delayed. It's always this kind of stuff is delayed. So that's part of why I was late today, too, because I had an alarm set for 11.30 to start watching this, like, live stream. Yeah. So I put it on, but it was so boring, just the news. I think I just nodded off because it was not... It was just news. Like, I was, like, ready for it. And then it was, too like... too much oh, lithium this morning. Right. Well, the <laughs> Jen and Balo, that was the, all the lithium I needed. It took me Jen out. Jen and Balo, you just said. Jen and Balo. <laughs> Balafer. But, no, I... That's not even anything. But, I no, they had me... I mean, I was late night analyzing their behavior and everything. So, it really... But I did. I was like, I'll wake up for Britney. But then it was just news. And I, I went and snooze. The news made me snooze. <laughs> so, in... <laughs> Last November, uh, 
Lynn, the mom, she filed a petition to support the removal of the dad as a conservator. Uh, she called their relationship toxic, and she, which is a funny choice of words considering. Don't you know that he's toxic? Yeah. And then she said Mr. Spears had referred to his daughter as a racehorse who has to be handled like one. That's a direct <laughs> quote. Now, ready for the most confusing detail of the whole thing. The, the time story ends saying that Jamie Spears, his home is in Kentwood. Was it Kentwood or Brentwood? Whatever. Their town in Louisiana that they- and Kentwood, and they live in Brentwood in LA. Oh, they that's live funny. in Kentwood in Louisiana. That's funny. <laughs> so apparently he, sold, he recently sold their childhood house that Brittany grew up in, and he now lives in an RV, and it's full of relics from Brittany's career. Oh, I almost feel like what you're saying is giving me this impression that like, what if, like, if all of her songs in her whole catalog are actually about the dad, it like, like, what if Toxic's actually about Jamie, you know, like, like, what if actually this whole thing is like, all the toxic men in her life have like, Loki just like been her dad. Because like, oh my God, because like that, I mean, what could be more toxic than him? What could be more like, I'm a slave for you. I mean, she's literally a slave for him. Oh my God. Mm, mm. You better work, bitch. Hit me, baby, one more time. Now that we didn't, we know she didn't, right? You better work, bitch. Right, piece of me. I literally think like her father on some weird fucked up level, it could be her muse actually. Or like those are where, if people are looking for secret Instagram messages where she's wearing yellow, I actually think she's just doing lyrics that are pretty explicit about the abuse she's facing. And I, Wow. Well, do you remember when she posted like a communist meme a few like last year and everyone was like, yes, Britney's a comrade. And it was kind of funny, but she is like sort of like it makes sense that she would be like workers' rights. Like yeah. she needs to unionize against her dad. Yeah, she actually has no protection. Does she have Taurus in her chart? Let's see. Um, I have I just uh let me go hold on. Um, let me tell you. I'm just dying to know if she said anything. Okay, so here's where we got with Brittany. We know that she is a, so right now we're really seeing her North Node, on, Pluto's on her North Node. This will change the fate of her life in whatever way. And it's really, her, her Venus is being highlighted. But let's just take a look. Is there Taurus in her chart? Okay, so yeah. I see that she has. Oh, wait, let me say what well, she, she said, uh, this headline, exclaim a Canadian music site. It says, Twitter reacts to Britney Spears' call for redistribution of wealth. Comrade Britney is the new voice of the proletariat. Okay, love this rebrand for her. So this was in 2020, March 2020, right when the shit was getting real. Uh, it was a quote from Mimi Zhu, who I guess is... I don't know, some kind of communist. And it says, during this time of isolation, we need connection now more than ever. Call your loved ones, write virtual love letters, technologies like virtual communication, streaming and broadcasting are part of our community collaboration. This is like socialist propaganda. We will learn to kiss and hold each other through the waves of the web. We will feed each other, redistribute wealth, strike. We will understand our own importance from the places we must stay. Communion moves beyond walls. We can still live together. And she posted it with a caption that says, communion goes beyond walls with three roses, which is the symbol for the democratic socialists. 
And it's what Britney's been. Oh my god, is that what she means by Rose? That's what people think. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I never put that together. But if low key, she's like been politically. If if actually the Rose thing has all been a political socialist activism, it, it that I could look into. I, I sort of like that for him. I know, her. like I love also that. she posted during um like the Dreamers controversy was going on. She posted a picture that with a T-shirt that says "We are all Dreamers," and she's pointing at it. It's like really funny. Like she, she, like it. Right. She actually is cool. I mean, a lot of the early stuff before they really like screwed up her mind. She seems like a genuinely like caring and cool person. And like funny. when they were talking, they're, oh, so funny. And they're talking about as a kid, like the first time she made money, she just walked around Kentwood where everyone makes like below minimum wage, and she just gave everyone a hundred bucks. Like she's a really like loving person. Yeah. Wait, is this real? This thing, this tweet I just found is a picture of a news article that says Britney Spears espouses Karl Marx's theory of labor as value. And it says Britney admitted her latest single work bitch is inspired by the writings of Karl Marx. Okay, I'm gonna read <laughs> No, this, this can't be is real. a tabloid headline I can get behind because lol and I, I hope it's true. I hope it's true. It's not true. Listen to uh, this quote. Work bitch is a satire of commodity fetishism, which underlines that the real owners of the means of production are the workers themselves. She's, she definitely didn't say that. I mean, she, she actually has, like, her life is actually set up to, like, in the, in the maybe exact opposite way. So, like, I don't think that it would be almost too painful for it to be a proletariat anthem. It's like, that's too, that's like Chloe saying, I don't have body image issues. It's like, okay, Brittany, it's not what it is. Well, I think You Better Work, Bitch is a proletariat anthem. Yes, but not because it was inspired by Marx. I think they were screaming at her work, bitch, and she was like, okay, this is catchy. Right, 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 right. It was like (laughs) Marxist without knowing it was Marxist. Yeah, I think it's more a reaction to her abusive, like, family and life and paparazzi, etc. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me about uh, the Taurus. So this is really interesting. And also you posed a good question earlier. I do have the boyfriend chart up too. So, so Brittany's Chiron is in the eighth house in Taurus, which means that her wound is that other people, eighth house are taking her fucking money. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, like she's actually not safe. Her safety is a behind closed doors, like shady issue. And she's being wounded by, you know, what probably started as like weird sexual, like sexualization and then turns into money. Also because in her chart, you know, Taurus is trying, meaning in a, in a open conversation with her Capricorn South node and Venus. So this is a wound that she is like here to heal, but it's a past life wound. Like she was the cage bird in, in all the eras. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. He is like a caged bird. That is a hundred percent true. So do you think that the boyfriend is a real boyfriend? He just, it's so like, I just don't understand who he is as a person. Is he just like a dodo meathead who is genuine? Is he really not taking advantage of her? Here's the, I don't think he's taking advantage of her, but I think that we need to keep in mind, number one, that he has not had his Saturn return yet. So this is also a part of- Oh yeah, he's 27. He's a he's a baby boy. But what's interesting is like his, this sounds like out there, but go with me. It is Uranus. Okay. His Uranus and Neptune are exactly conjunct her South Node and Venus. So it's almost like he's an angel from the other dimension that like walked over the bridge from the other dimension to be the person supporting 
the bird in the cage. Like he's, he's a, he's a bird keeper actually. And otherwise, you know, he's of a very early degree Aries son. So I think that he really likes that he's like, I think there's something sort of, um, I think there's something sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like counterculture about being who he is to her. Like, right. He's not like any boyfriend we've ever seen. He seems to be like, just so like loving and down for her and hot and doesn't care, doesn't have thoughts or whatever, you know, like he just seems so just meat that's there to just comfort her, which fine. Um, but his North node is conjunct his Pluto in Scorpio. So I think part of this for him is really understanding. I think he's getting a big time life lesson here. His South node, you know, his past life is on her wound. So I think he's here to kind of, be a part of what long-term exposes and kind of uproots and transforms some of these abusive collective structures. Like, I think he could have had a great career either way. He's a beautiful man, Mm -hmm. but I think that he actually was like, wait a second, what, like, whoa, this business is, I think he's learning a huge amount that will ultimately lead to him becoming more himself as we get to know him. Also, like she, we know that she's an Aquarius moon. He's a Leo moon, exactly 12 degrees, like literally an exact opposition of their moons, which sometimes is bad, but other times it's really good because I think he actually really encourages her to like be a kid and to express her feelings. Whereas she's very conscious of like, public identity and how it's coming across so she's teaching him a lot about how to be in the public eye and and what you know how to how to care or not care or how to dissociate and he's saying to her Brittany you're you, you're allowed to be a silly kid he you know yeah. Leo moons are like no fucking put on a tutu and a helmet and go out make a dumb spin video like he's very young I mean a sun in Aries early degree moon in Leo relatively early degree this guy's like all fire here to be like come on girl you got this and then what he's doing is learning about power and the system and he's going to ultimately expose a lot of what he's keeping quiet about so the thing that is really interesting to me is he's very active on Instagram and he has defended her Instagram videos that's what I don't get like Kelly Oxford tweeted or put on her Instagram story or something that one of Britney's posts was scary and he like clapped back at her. So I'm like, okay, if you're speaking out about Britney's Instagram, but the way that you're speaking about it is to defend it, that's confusing to me. I think he's a very young soul. I I can't, I mean, uh, two degrees Aries sun. He has a lot of uh, Pisces in his chart. And he has a moon in Leo. I think that he also could have the IQ of a 12-year-old. And so I don't think that he thinks that she's that. Like, I think he's really young. I think he's a young buck, not only in his age, but I think he's like, who? Like, if you're scared, you have a problem with kids. Like, I think he's okay relating to Brittany as 12. Okay. So now the last thing I want to say about him, and then we'll move on to our final topic, uh, was one of my favorite things ever. Uh, During the 2020 election, he posted on his Instagram story, I'm going to read the whole thing. I get so many questions about politics and who I'm voting for. Let me tell you how much I know about politics. I think donkey and elephant both need to work out bad. Crying emoji, laughing, crying laughing emoji, elephant, and then a zebra emoji. I guess he thought that was a donkey. And then the bicep emoji. I'm in no position to point out and make statements about politics, no celebs, influencer, or whatever they're called are. Do your own research and vote based on that information, not based on someone's opinion that barely knows who the current president is. I guess he's talking about himself. (laughs) Hashtag 
then this is what I really loved. Hashtag vote. Hashtag Trump needs to work out. Hashtag Biden needs to work out. Okay, I think this is a clear statement of someone who did not vote. Oh, definitely. And yeah. also, I think this is his own guilt for not voting and just being annoyed that everyone's talking about it because he knows that he doesn't know. So how could they know? He doesn't give a shit. And also, here's the other thing. This is a his big platform thing. is fitness. You guys could be a good ticket because your platform is plastic surgery for all. And he's like, and everybody work out. Yes. So this is the thing. <laughs> I feel like, so a big storyline on Real Housewives of New York City right now is whether or not Leah is going to vote and all the other girls being like, it's your civic duty. And I'm like, yeah, it is everyone's civic duty. And I definitely think you're a dum-dum if you don't vote, but also if you're so dumb that you don't give enough of a shit to vote, I don't think we're really missing you. I agree. I think if like, you're really not compelled to vote, you can't say much about it. Like, unless you're truly like anti-system, like there are some people at the Munuel who are extremely spiritual and extremely like anti-government period, not even in libertarian, like, like beyond. And they're yeah. not, they're not, not voting from like an ignorant place. They're like, I don't participate. And so in that way, I think it's like, okay, then don't, but it's like, and right. If you're like, not, if you don't get that, it's like a privilege to vote. And like, I also understand not voting from a place of like, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think the system is corrupt. So I think when, I think especially when people of color are really like, fuck the system, I actually totally fucking get it. Yeah. But for like the housewives, it's like, dude, like this is, even if you vote, I mean, actually, especially with a housewife, it's almost like don't vote. Like, cause they're probably just trying to protect their money at the end, which like doesn't help the most people. Well, this one would have voted for Biden and I'm pretty sure she did anyway, but she was okay. making a point. She was like, I hate both choices, which is a very sophomoric point. I mean, no one ever, there's never a good choice for president. But like, for me, the only, I hate those generic vote campaigns because I'm like, no, vote for someone who's a better candidate yeah. and if you're not mentally equipped to figure that out stay home because i agree i only want you to vote in the last election if you were going to vote for bernie and then right, same you no know, right. like right like i wish more of the spiritual people just vote went out and voted for marianne because right marianne or bernie would have had this turned around so fast i mean they're the only like ethical they were the only ethical options and we truly do not value ethics in this country so either way it's like whatever but right if you don't actually have an opinion it's a little bit like all right don't don't push yourself yeah and also like don't get me wrong i am going to vote in every election <laughs> until i die i <laughs> always will it is i i care about politics i am an yeah. engaged citizen but at the same, same. time like i, I don't think that the goal in life for a great society is we still have to vote between Biden and Trump. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't know. We, if, we're, if we were in a truly enlightened society, we wouldn't even be doing this. Well, I want to know that the astrological prediction is like, this, this could very well have been the last American election. That's terrifying. Well, not that democracy is necessarily over, but like the whole system, the party system is, it, without even saying it will change, it is changing. Yeah. Like, like I watched that Russell Brand clip where he's talking about, 
him being a libertarian, but he's like, I'm only a libertarian now because it used to be what the Democrats were. And like, they used to slam me on Fox, but now actually my views are matching with Fox. He's like, so the, the, the language, I mean, it is truly all a media game at this point. And so I think it's really hard because- I don't think that's true. I don't think it's fair to say it's a media game. It's a money game for the politicians. It's a money game. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. It's yeah. it's for the politicians to protect their bottom line and stay in office so that they can just keep collecting these absurd paychecks from like lobbyists and whoever else. And like anyone who is disenchanted or feels disenfranchised by the current system, like if you're going to vote for a left-leaning candidate, then yeah, I'm going to pressure you to vote. But if you are disenchanted yeah. with the system and if you do show up to vote, you're going to vote for Donald Trump, then I'm going to say don't vote. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want you to vote if you're a Republican. I would rather you stay home. Right. 100%. Like, yeah, right. That's why when you say like, can we be honest about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're nothing if not honest at the Space Trash podcast. Of course. And, and opinions are always subject to change. That's the beauty. Nothing is set in stone. We're, we're here to learn and grow along with you. Right. Like when, like whenever, like most of the time, like you said, if I'm seeing a real housewife type person who's like, I don't vote, then yeah, on the inside, I'm like, good because you probably would vote for real pieces of shit so like i'm happy that you're too privileged to vote because mm-hmm. you're a dumbass and yeah. we don't need more people like you no worries we get it no lines you don't you, if you don't have to stand in line to marquee you shouldn't have to stand in line to vote stay home yeah <laughs> so people okay. can still go to marquee i'm showing my age uh yeah they probably do all right i don't even know what's cool anymore i, I really, really don't all I know is sweatpants better stay in style. I know. Well, they are. They are. We're in a real, like, 80s resurgence right now. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I actually, packing my clothes, I got rid of every single pair of skinny jeans. I'm donating them all. So yeah. I, I have been not wearing them really anyway, but just once in a while in an emergency I would. But now I'm like, okay, I'm throwing them in the trash. Uh, and I actually got rid of some leggings because I feel like leggings aren't even okay anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny is that bike shorts are. I well, see, I have a problem with bike shorts though because hypothetically they like hold you in where it counts. But I, every time I try on bike shorts, it just looks like it's suffocating like the sausage link that is my leg, and I can't. Okay, well, what brand are they? Well, I I, I guess I could go more high end. It's sort of an array of brands. But That's like, right, Spanx would maybe Spanx or, or Skims would would actually handle that that moment of like like biker short ending and then like sausage sausage knee like just puffing out you need the victoria's secret ones oh. i got two pairs of victoria's secret ones on a whim they cinch your waist in like crazy and then they get a little more forgiving by the time they get to the thigh okay so- i literally just got paid i am go- mark my words after this pod between my clients i am going to victoria's secret because i need that yeah. right now for my sanity they're really really fucking good i wear it all the time around fucking shortage. I'm walking around in a crop top and bike shorts and no one else is. This is why yeah. everyone knows that I'm not British the minute they see me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but this is also why everyone needs to listen to the Space Trash podcast because whether it's face shaving or where to get your bike shorts, Molly really does have the have the skinny, not the skinny jeans on like the the most up beauty trends of the moment and I am so grateful. Oh my god, thank you. Okay, and then you wanted to say about the wieners. Okay. But here's the thing. So I'm having a slight problem because I can't find Zach Wieners. Okay, so we were talking about how, just how funny it is that we have another political Wiener sex scandal, 
But this time it was like actually pretty pro sex where it's like, like I actually didn't, I had never heard of him before. And after I saw that this picture was like, and it's I liked New York more. specific. It's New York specific. And I actually liked him more. I said, yeah, cool. Have a, we need politicians that are actually sexually expressed. I love this. I love a guy in a, like, I thought it was great. And then his, his response was so perfect. And so in my mind, I was like, ooh, I want to discover both of these wieners, wiener versus wiener, taking back the name. Taking you don't back- want to discover Anthony Wiener though. We've already discovered too much of him. Well, he's, he's putting it, he's selling it for an NFT now. Okay. Yeah. So if people don't remember, Anthony Weiner was the congressman who he was the like congressman. And he was like the big, he was like, he was the of his time. Like he was like the, he was like the new politician to watch for like yeah. 10 years until he started sexting and it was getting leaked. And it was to 15 year old girls with his babies in the pictures, which we talked about last week with Huma. So yeah, he, yeah. he was exposed as a creep and, uh, his sex scandal. This is the same thing I was just saying about how like the difference between stigma and harm. So Anthony Weaver was causing harm. Like he was sort of grooming teenagers and we're like hurting his family and hurting his like long-term, both of their political careers. Yeah. And incorporating his child into it. Now this new guy, what is this new guy's first name? Zach. Zach Weiner. He gets caught in a photo with a dominatrix in a dungeon. He's got nipple clamps, if I remember correctly. Uh, Having a great time. He's having a great time. And this is the thing. This is the best possible sex scandal because it is all consensual and it is not empowering. It's really normal to like play with your, I think it's a very confident move to to play with your nature. This is the thing. It's sort of a flex because it's like, we all, it's a stereotype now to think that like men in power want to be dominated. So for him to be seeing a dominatrix means that he feels so powerful in his everyday life that he needs to be brought down a notch. So yeah, I think it's actually extremely healthy. And he, his response was so classy and cool. And like, this is really not what's important to me, but I'm not ashamed to say that like, I, you know, I'm not afraid to like go have some fun in a safe consensual way. I, I think he, he really, he took it back for the wieners. We now are going to associate wiener maybe hopefully with a positive sex handle. But you said something that blew my fucking mind just now, which I was like, yo, with, even without his birthday yet, like would love to just say it publicly as the PR genius that you are. Molly just said to me, well, we were just chatting after she said, I think it was on purpose. I think he put it out there because actually before this, and it was right before the elections, like we didn't even know who he was. Right. And now we're like, what a cool guy, sex positive. Like, wow. And also there's always this ongoing narrative of New York that's like, oh, we got to get back to the old gritty New York and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, of course there's some truth to that, that the city's been gentrified too much, but also like, you know, people who say it mostly didn't live in New York when the when it was the quote unquote old New York. But you know, S and M clubs throughout Times Square—that's the quote unquote old New York. So this is this. I hope it was on purpose because that's genius PR. Yeah, I hope I, I like it being on purpose. That made me like it so much more. I represent. Also, also, isn't it like revenge porn, which is illegal? Right. It would be a crime if it wasn't on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of love that this, I love that, I would love to find out if this is his strategy. And I, and he's not big enough yet. I actually, I mean, I literally just Googled it this second, but 
there's a lot of Zach Wieners, not a shock. And so I don't, I can't actually, I don't have his birthday like easy and effortless right now. I mean, I'm guessing there's gotta be some Capricorn Scorpio in there because who loves to fuck like this other than the Capricorns and the Scorpios? I do not know. But, uh, so that would be my guess. And we can find out when we learn more about him, what his birthday is. But I do think that I, I really like the take, which I have not heard before that actually, uh, I like BDM so what BDSM so what is maybe one of the best political like out the gate ways to to start your public career that I've ever heard. I fucking love it. Yeah. The only thing that makes me think maybe it wasn't on purpose is because Army Hammer just got in so much hot water for his weird sort of blurred line scandal where the scandal wasn't the BDSM. It was the fact that he allegedly took it way farther than that and was way creepier, but it was like, he muddied the waters. Like it was half scandal of people being like red alert. He didn't listen to people's safe words. And the other half was people making fun of him for saying this corny ass cannibal shit. So I think like we're also getting on the sort of like edge of that, of that fetish line where it's like, cause it's like BDSM is one thing, especially when it's like with a, like he was so pro, he was like my magnificent dominatrix on the Upper West Side, you know, this is like, the, the, you know, remember us this way, okay? We're not all fucked up sex scandals. The Jews also just like to have some fun, okay? But it's like, I feel like where- Was this like spawn con for the, for the dominatrix? Yeah, like I think he was actually doing her marketing as well. And now everyone's going to be like, actually, me too. I have a dominator. Cool, cool. Because like, actually, you know, that's like a, that actually is a real thing and it is a real profession. And it's actually like, I have a client who's a dominator. It's like, I, this is work and it's fucking dope. Right. And like the issue with Army Hammer, I think, is that he wasn't having these BDSM relationships with women who like, when you agree to just like have sex with Army Hammer, especially when he's married, you don't necessarily expect that it's going to be something that is BDSM in nature necessarily. Like usually even if it, like, I'm not a professional dom or a professional sub, but if I'm in a relationship that is intimate, I'll like, we can agree upon and we can like play with all different roles. Sure. You know, yeah. I think that the issue with, I think the issue with Archie is like, he just looks like this golden boy that you're going to get to have like a little affair with, like while he's away from his wife. Army, then, not Archie. What'd you say? Army, not Archie. Oh yeah, Army, Army. <laughs> but, um, Army, Army Hammer. Um, I think he was first hitting people with the BDSM as like a surprise. I'm a kinky guy. And they're like, okay, I can go with this. Yeah, he I thought he was cool and badass. He was like trying to be Johnny Depp. Like it was very embarrassing. But then I think he, I think it got weird when like, I do think that, I mean, I'm, I am pretty into kinky shit. But as far as I have done in my own like BDSM work or discovery or, you know, like research or or learning training, nowhere in it do they discuss cannibalism. So it's like, you know, yes, there is nothing in sexuality that is not normal unless it is actually hurting someone else, which is where we cross the line with pedophilia. And I think where we cross, I think it's safe to say that cannibalism is hurtful to the person that you're eating alive. So yeah. Where he got weird, where it was like, it wasn't just like, he wanted to tie me up and fuck me hard. It was like, he told me that he was going to eat my rib. He told me that he was going to bite my arm off. And it's like, well, what? Well, that to me is just like the desperate attempt of an old money white guy to seem edgy. He's like, you know, he's like, I can't say the N word. I can't start a rap career. I can't like pretend that I grew up poor. I can't pretend I went to a public university. 
I guess I can say I want to eat your arm. Maybe that'll work. Like <laughs> right, he's like, I'm not the Winklevoss twins you think I am. Right, like that. I think it was just a desperate edge lord shit, edge lord attempt. But you don't think he was actually like cooking up someone's liver and serving it with a nice Chianti? Fava no. a nice Chianti. He's not like Hannibal. Yeah, no. But also with Wiener, the other thing I just realized is when you said fetish, there was that huge debate over whether like fetish stuff had any place at Pride. So this was also an attempt to get the gay vote, which obviously is a pretty big, uh, you know, amount of the vote in New York. So he was probably saying, oh, look, I'm okay with fetish. I'm okay with like lots of other different sort of alternative lifestyles as they used to call it in the 90s and 2000s. So I think I, yeah, this, it really could have just been PR. And, you know, I just want to say, so through my research, as I've been clicking and listening, um, Zach Wiener, the BDSM, the pro BDSM Wiener, who's doing it ethically without any kids in the pick or a wife at home. He's also a screenwriter and actor now just writing for city council. And his, they say specifically his exact date of birth, he's born in 1984, but his exact date of birth is- 1994? He's a little baby, but his exact date of birth is kept under wraps, which to me means that this, to me, that's a sign that this picture was leaked. And if he knows enough to hide his sign, because that, like, I actually think that he is re- Scorpio for sure. Uh-huh, I was gonna say that. I was just gonna Scorpio, and at least somewhere, you know, major in his chart, and- he is a mist. I actually stand this man hardcore because he. Be- anybody that's blocking their inf- their birth info believes in astrology. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you didn't believe there was anything to glean from that information, then there wouldn't be anything to hide. If you're purposefully, blo- if you're a public figure that's blocking your birthday, it means you're a mystical person that just doesn't. Maybe either you have the right astrologer, or you're a Scorpio who would never because they know. Or he's way older, or way younger than he says. Now that's something to think about, LOL. My question, uh, if you're a screenwriter and director, why would you ever run for city council? Mm, I don't know. Maybe because you're not that good of a... I mean, we, we had never heard of him before. He was fucking in a BDSM, BDSM dungeon with the title city council candidate. So I, I feel like he was maybe just... You know, as a screenwriting student, you get it. We were both film students. It's like, you realize pretty fast that you could write all the screenplays. And even if they're bought, they may never be made. I think this man wanted a little more power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, if, if he is a Scorpio, he wants he wants power. Yeah. Wow. That's so funny. Um, it's also funny because being part of the city council is the most thankless job in the world. Like, right. It's terrible. But, but, but maybe it may be slightly more thankful than a not acknowledged screenwriter so like i it is screenwriting is also pretty fucking thankless especially if you're a no-name whose like script is then just going to get bought and then revised and then you're not even going to get credit for it it's like eh, i don't know as a, as a screenwriting major i'll tell you that i i dropped that as my like number one goal even if i end up there it's gonna be because i'm famous and i can write my own shit like that path is maybe the one path that's less thankless than being a politician at least politicians you got your name on shit Right, 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 right. Okay, let's get this one last. We have four minutes. I'm here for it. Last topic. So some new details came out about the bullying allegations against Meghan Markle. Allegedly, the reason why William and Harry split their households and no longer had the same staff anymore is because William was so incensed 
by the allegations of bullying against Megan and he thought she was so mean to staff. Now, this comes from a pretty reliable source because it was this guy who wrote a book about William and Harry last year. It's called Battle of the Brothers. I actually interviewed him on Royally Us last year. Uh, And his, his previous edition of the book was more flattering to Harry. And now these new chapters that he's putting out as an update are more flattering to William. So my personal perspective is we haven't gotten enough details on the bullying allegations yet. All we've gotten is some staffers were very upset by her and there was a high turnover, like nine people quit in a year, which is high turnover for a Royal staff. And even their CEO of their new foundation, Archwell, has already quit. And she worked Whoa. for the, the Gates Foundation for 10 years before she worked for Archwell. And she couldn't even last a year at Archwell. So there is some evidence that maybe they run a not-so-tight ship. And then there's – the thing that makes me – that gives me pause is that it just hues so closely to racist stereotypes, anti-American stereotypes – demanding angry black woman stereotypes. And that is why I'm like, this is just too, it's, it's like if me as an Irish Catholic woman married into the Royal family and they were like, she's drunk all day and she's right. emotional. Like, right. so Sarah, in light of the fact that we have no idea what actually happened, we don't want to discredit the alleged victims And we also don't want to hew to stereotypes about women and Americans and black women in particular. What can we glean from the astrology of the situation? Is Meghan Markle a bully astrologically speaking? And this is all with a gigantic grain of salt. Right. I want to say first and foremost, have no idea. Okay. But from the astrological perspective, I think that Okay, so she is a, first of all, she's a cancer rising, which means that even if she comes off like sweet and like, you know, like caring, she's like ultra protective first and foremost, right? Like she's super into controlling the narrative and protecting her people, right? And herself. Then she has North Node, Mercury, and the Sun. Okay, she really is, like she always has been about controlling the narrative. And it's so funny because like, this is why I've started to be perplexed by her and Harry because in the beginning of her joining the Royal family, she was so furious at her dad for talking to the press about their relationship. And now she's doing the same exact thing, but with the Royal family. So I'm like, okay, so this is you controlling the narrative. Maybe your dad just wanted to control the narrative as misguided as he definitely was like, how, why is this different? Well, I actually don't think it's different. I think what we're seeing, number one, speaking of which, you know, the way that we are being is the way that we are being in every area of our lives. And until we heal certain traumas, we repeat them. So actually, she's quite familiar with taking back the narrative from the family, whoever it is, whether it's the royals or her dad. She, when she feels that someone is speaking on her behalf or about her, she is like, no, you don't do that. I will tell you what it is. And so this is just another example of her taking back the narrative from a, an, an, a family member that's getting it wrong, right? Like that's here's, where it begins. Here's the other interesting thing is, so, you know, she had a blog when she started dating Harry, she had this pretty successful blog. It was really? like- I did not know that. Yeah, it was called The Tig and it was a lifestyle blog and it was sort of like, 
it's interestingly enough, there's a very fawning interview with Ivanka Trump in that blog. Yeah. And, but in the blog, she talks a lot about how amazing her dad was and how amazing her parents were and how they, they divorced when she was very young. It was like before she was two or three years old, they divorced and she always spoke and wrote so highly about their co-parenting skills and how her dad like spoiled the shit out of her. So then all of a sudden he becomes this villain. Like, what's the truth? Okay, well, this makes so much sense to me because, okay, first of all, Sun, Mercury, North Node in the first house, but it's in Leo. So basically her whole life is about like creating a safe space and like protecting the space for her to really then express herself, right? Like her, the purpose of her life is to be that, advocate for herself right north node mercury sun in leo in the first house but not a leo rising she's here to be like okay you're safe to explore the truth or say whatever the fuck you want right but then she has this moon in libra which means as a kid and moon and libra with her saturn and jupiter so she felt a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to like every time i see someone that has a moon in libra i go do your parents get divorced and you felt like you were in the middle or you felt like you had to play the moderator or that you had to speak for the the union or you had to be that like the the, the axle and the you know seesaw you had to keep it balanced but because saturn is there it's almost like she'll do that work of keeping balance and making nice and saying nice things about the family to to keep peaceful. But because Saturn and Jupiter are there, when she gets, when you actually push her or or she gets to a place where she feels that the the scales are unbalanced and and she's been like attacked or there's been actual wrongdoing, she goes the other way with it and then becomes the balance for that. So if and when she's talking about her family, the tendency of a younger Megan would be to go, and here's why they both did a great job. And here was the co-parenting. Who knows if that's even true? Or her, her moon is wanting to make it look like all good. And that's part right. of her in the family. I think it's a little bit of revisionist history because yeah. throughout her high school years, and I think a lot of her teen years, she didn't even live with her mom. She lived with her dad, which yeah, is I, very unusual. Well, and I think that for a while, she probably felt that it was her responsibility to sort of be the spokesperson for this relationship. And I think that when he wrote that article and she felt it wasn't just like dad what are you doing it's like dad i have been pro dad in the media all this time how could you and then she felt when he like, posed for the photos and did all the interviews and yeah stuff. when he kind of like sold out sold her out a bit i think that was like yo we had an agreement i would do this kind of cleanup work for you and mom but now that you're coming after me. I need to advocate for myself. And now it's not about keeping the balance within the family. It's about keeping the balance within like this storyline or like, or like I feel righteous now to then say, okay, I'll shake up the, I'll shake up the like status quo balance because this is the greater imbalance. And now I'm going to do that like Libra thing of flipping revisionist history, but the other way, which is like, no, if you abuse me, I was saying it before, but it's like, my God, when the narcissist memes are like, if if the narcissist then creates a reaction from you that's so bad that you become the abuser, that's also narcissistic abuse. You, you know, you're not also the abuser. That's a distraction tactic. I think she's like, feels like she has been abused on some level. And now it's like, she is, she's like doing what she feels is fighting back. But in her mind, it's like, because I was abused. It's why I feel so comfortable sending a thousand messages to the men who I feel betrayed me. Because it's like, I'm not like this until- You're talking about yourself personally, yeah. Personally, like until I feel that there's a really righteous reason for me to then become the abuser or I'm pushed to that place, I'm really generally not that abusive. 
But it's like, it's if I feel righteous, I will fucking take you down via text. And I think that's what we're seeing. Oh my God. This makes so much more sense. You really just helped me to understand where she's coming from in such a better way because like that's what we said we're gonna add compassion by studying the celebrities through the stars it does add compassion it really does because now i'm like okay like you said she's been doing this pr shit for her dad for decades writing on her blog about how amazing he is and the first time he ever opens his mouth to the press is to be like oh yeah megan's very pushy like what and also that does sound like the kind of thing like my dad when nick like asked for my hand in marriage or whatever my dad was like oh yeah like haha now she'll be your problem like and he's joking <laughs> right, right, he right. To, and like if he was to say that to like a reporter like yes uh i'm happy that molly's getting married because now she'll be someone else's problem right it looks like the biggest asshole move but it's just a dad who's awkwardly trying to like be very familiar and show how much my brother literally employs my father but like his way of showing love and saying i'm proud of you was like how did i get two such idiot kids you know what i mean and it's like actually we know that you're just like emotionally uncomfortable with real intimacy so we know that's your way of saying i love you like we have you're an idiot too dad and then it's actually all of us like verbally hugging on some level it's boomer life. That is boomer yeah, life. 100%. And, and also, I think when Megan did fall out with her dad, I think that was also at a time when she knew that, like, there are stories in the royal family going back decades, probably centuries, of people that they were dating speaking to the press even a tiny little bit and then getting completely iced out. So Megan was probably like, oh my God, my dad is collaborating with the press this is all going to come falling down. Like yeah. this wedding's not going to happen. I'm going to have to go back to the situation. I'm going to have to go back to the Toronto chef with my tail between my legs. Like <laughs> I, this it's going to be over. So like, it's understandable that she was like losing her mind over that. Yeah. And I think she's a little bit like, if I'm going to get bombed, it's kind of like me smoking cigarettes during the pandemic. It's like, if I'm going to have a long, if, if something's going to overtake my lungs, I'll do it myself. Like she's like, before the London bridge falls down, let's just bomb the bridge. Yeah, so I still don't fully understand her, and I still find the things that she and Harry have been doing to be very confusing, but it, it what you've said makes sense that she just kind of, like, it, she, she, when she feels hurt, she comes back tenfold, like, like Tony Soprano, kind of. It's actually her life's work, like, North Node in the first house in Leo with your Mercury and your son her life's purpose is to learn to stand up for herself and to learn to advocate for her feelings in the moment, whatever they may be. Like she did have to spend a lot of her life as a kid being this like moderator for the family. And actually the purpose of her life is to go, I'm the moderator for me. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And now she has been the moderator between Harry and his family, because I do think that Harry put her in that position because very weird. Well, because it's also not Harry and his family anymore. The minute that you get pregnant with someone's child, it's actually your family too. Right. Yeah, that's true. But the interesting thing is like, even in the Oprah interview, it seemed like she was saying Harry didn't adequately prepare her. He, he's sort of like, which also is another reason why I don't understand her because I'm like, Megan, you were a UN spokeswoman. You finagled your way into the entertainment industry as a woman after 30. That is unheard of. Like you are a smart and resourceful broad. So like when you say like, I had to Google, 
the national anthem of England. It's like, what are you talking about? That's what I don't right. like, about like, her. She was like, a, like low key, like fighting the system secretly from like, also like somebody, like Harry could have also said, hey, Megan, wear a hat. They, the queen's gonna wear a green hat. You need to wear a hat. Like even yeah. the curtsy thing where she was like, no one even told me I had to curtsy before I got there. It's like, Meg we all kind of know about that right. so right she's sort of like it's almost like now she's playing dumb so that she can actually share her real feelings yeah. about the system she's ret she's retconning she's retconning this situation she is and the other thing is like she does come across as very actressy and like she's always got this perfect placid smile on her face and even when you look back to before she was dating harry that was not the way she was you can see in photos her carriage changed her posture changed her facial expressions Wait, this is changed. like the part of her life yeah. This so is like the role that she's meant to play in her mind. And it's sort of it it harkens back to her childhood what you're saying going between it, the parents. It's like playing this role of the perfect child who is not affected by her parents' divorce. No, I promise they are the best co-parents in the world. They are so nice to me. They are both the best. Like, oh, yeah. sorry, that doesn't exist. The best married parents in the world don't exist and the best divorced parents in the world don't exist. It's not real. So, yeah, I think- That's why she was so upset and that began this like total flip of her personality because she's like okay if i'm not even gonna get the benefit of doing all this pr on behalf of my family fuck everyone and it actually drove her into ultimately what is her life purpose which is to only advocate for like her fucking self and yeah. that's where the libra Boon now is gonna manipulate the information or spin it because it still is in an effort to achieve balance but now it's not about between my parents and like this is just my my role in life now it's like no this is not balanced and i'm gonna out it wow that makes complete sense i do still think that i don't know i mean i come into this thinking the two of them need to stop playing the victim because i am so sure that like Yes, the royal family has, I'm sure that there is unconscious bias in the royal family. Like there is an all predominantly white families, like, sorry, sure. on all families of every race. Like, come on, everyone's got unconscious bias. Like it's real life. It's just true. But that could also be what she like, again, like is inadvertently reacting to. Like she might not be, she might not have deserved to bully anyone, but actually if you're a person of color and you feel hints of racism in every area, you might be a little more on edge, even if you planned for it. Exactly. I think that's the case. And I think, you know, wow. Okay. This has totally changed my perspective. We are out here just fucking changing hearts and minds, people. This is the work. This is, you must listen in order to do your growth work every week. You must rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check get out our merch. Get the fucking hat. Get the hat. Get the merch. And I'm like literally just waiting to get paid so that I can buy my own merch. <laughs> oh my God, I missed a shipment of the merch in my new apartment. I have to find it. I don't know where it is. It's just somewhere in space. Just becoming space trash. It is. And but everybody remember, shoot for the moon, because even if you get canceled, you'll land among the stars. And just be a little piece of floating space trash. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles with the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. 
that the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if there was still like if my chart still showed me as possessive because I your was. Your chart is extremely poly. Okay, friend. let's get into this. So, really? Can I get into yeah. What do you mean? Okay, so Sarah, tell me. us. What are the poly, like, what lends someone's chart to polyness? Aquarius. Yes. That when I start dating someone, if they have either an Aquarius moon or, like, so when, when number one and I actually broke up, broke up, my, so I, we, we, we went on and off for a while and I was just like devoted to him. But then I met, a, I met another man at a show who changed my whole paradigm because I was like, whoa, someone I'm as attracted to. And like, and, but he didn't mind being my concubine because he, <laughs> when I got into the charts, I was like, oh, it's because he has, he's, he's a Pisces sun, but he has like an Aquarius, Mars, Venus, and Saturn. So it's like, oh, he actually needs, so Aquarians, if I don't have two boyfriends, the Aquarians have to go because I do need a certain level of constant attention, but it doesn't need to be all from one person, right? But you I can just- only date an Aquarius if it's a poly situation because you know yes. Aquarians aren't going to pay enough attention to you. Yep. Literally. Yep. Oh my God. This guy I was dating was an Aquarius and I was dating him and like someone else. And then when she fell off, I was like, I have to leave because I can't date the Aquarius now because she's not giving I, me the attention. No, like, the Aquarians are tough. FaceTiming me all night and like sending me like good morning texts and he would just like pop in and out seemingly at random and be like wow you don't know I'm in love with you no I don't I can't physically tell that no yeah no, I hate the Aquarians that. including you Gab oh. you guys think I don't even know you like this Gabby but no charts are so that's why I should be in the creep folder okay because when I read someone's chart I'm like mm, you don't even know what you're giving me your fucking diary okay <laughs> and I know everything I need to know so the thing about Gabby, so Gabby, you're a cancer son, right? So what does that mean? It means that on a on an ego level, on a on your radiant energy is in many ways very traditional, right? Not traditional like, well, I'll, I'll, we'll get into it, but in, in the ways of like what you want in relationships. So you do want trust. You do want security. You need a lot of reassurance. You need a lot of affirmation. You need a lot of physical affection. Cancers want to be right. You're, you're home. Like you're like Jada and Willow don't have all dark furniture. They, so they can spill and cuddle mom and daughter. Right. Like you're like, I just want to cuddle with my mom. Like you cancer ass. Okay. So you are a cancer, but you're a 10th house cancer, which means that you're radiant energy is sort of for the public. Like, I think part of what's interesting about you, like the two things that you're like most involved in, okay? We're talking about how to not let the internet drive you crazy, extremely mothering, right? You're literally like, hey guys, I'm going to be the mommy for everyone and just let you know that it's normal to feel what you're feeling, but here are some tips for how to be more healthy, right? It's, it's, you are mothering, but it's like for the public, it's for the collective, okay? And- and then, but then also in terms of, she said, wow, you guys, she doesn't have a mic, but I want to say she said, wow. And she's already had a reading, but I just texted Molly. I said, let me read. I said, wow. Oh, you said, wow. Okay. Yeah, you I need to get closer to the mic. I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I was in a sorority and they voted me like most likely to write a self-help book. I was like, what are people seeing that I'm not seeing? Whoa. It's because you make people feel really safe and comfortable. People can come to you, but even before you were poly, they were like, if I could tell anybody 
the truth truth and my secrets and feel safe and like they'll have advice it's you that's that cancer some power and it's in the 10th house so you sort of have this like very mommy's home energy for people like all the people in your life probably tell you're polyamorous because everyone's telling you way too much and you're like oh my god i'm either gonna be a therapist or i'm gonna have to have a lot of fucking partners because so many people want to talk to me about all their fucking shit and either i have to get laid at the end of this or i'm not that interested okay so yeah <laughs> it would make sense for me to be poly <laughs> okay yeah so, mm-hmm. So, you know, so you're a cancer and you're also a cancer south node, which is a past life. Uh, like your karma is cancer. Like you come from a very home, like, right. It's poly, the difference between polyamory and like everybody cheating is just that it's ethical, right? Like it's actually like a, a, a way to not get hurt while doing this thing that everyone's actually doing and hurting each other with, right? So you really, and, it, and, and all of that, your South Node, past life expertise, and your son in Cancer are both in the 10th house. This is your like public, this is your work in the world. It's like to actually be a safe space for people to like, you're, you're the cool mom. <laughs> but yeah. have an orgy in my basement okay like you're <laughs> you're really like here to make people feel safe and I think that the why you're a very non-traditional cancer and and there's I'll tell you there, there's more to it but one of the reasons is because as the and wh- why did you like blow up because you're sort of what the world needs right now because like we are in this really very scary, very, very nebulous changing of the times. And all the old mommies are not actually up. They're not all tweeting, Chrissy. Okay. They're That's not up who's in it. your DMs, Gabby, is the old mommies. That is who is in my DMs. I honestly think they should like, maybe just take a breath, like leave me alone. <laughs> no, but the truth is they're actually looking for mothering too. It, DMs, when people are messaging you, like we pity you, everything we do, every, every conversation we have, unless we do, and I'll give, I'll journal it to, I'll send it to everyone. I can post it as a clearing exercise. We should all be doing clearing exercises before every conversation we have on mic or professionally because- yeah, I, I, you never told me that. I haven't been um, doing them. I, I have so many homework. I have so many homework for you. So many homework. I have so much homework for you because it's like, unless you're really getting conscious of your own stuff, you're, you're projecting it. You're saying it to people. Right. So, so when those people are DMing you like, wow, I pity you. You don't have a, 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 a committed man. You don't have a committed man, yeah. sugar. Like you, you, you feel bad. So you want me to feel bad, but, but you, we don't DM people pitying them because we don't pity ourselves. I pity the fool. I think that's already merch. Okay. But it's like, you know, you're here to be kind of like a nouveau mommy, which is to say, Hey, I mean, it's not a coincidence too, that like you were on red. If there was ever a can't, Red Table Talk is like the banner cancer show of our time, okay? There has never been a more cancer-centric show ever, okay? Because it's like grandma, mom, and daughter talking about really modern issues, and they don't always all agree, right? Like, 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 not everyone can be grandma Norwood, like, you know, because even that polyamory one, she was like so cute, just being like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but let's reframe, Grandma. If instead of cheating or being cheated on, it was actually okay, 
you might have gotten it. Yeah. You know, I think I think there's um there's like a level of pain that's baked into some of the experiences that as humans we're programmed to that to then like execute. Like you do this, you do that, you get married, you have children and it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard and the men are going to cheat and and it's like okay, so all of these things can be true. People can cheat and still be in love. Cheat being a, a old word, right? And um, it's it's like it's like we're relating to certain things as betrayal, when really it's just natural. And and there's and it isn't. I mean, even biologically, it, it is natural, you know. And, and psychologically, I mean, the prison of of uh, you know being relegated to only speak to one person for the rest of your life legally, unless that's truly what you want. You're signing your, it's, you're signing yourself up for failure because I say that like programming is like, is a very real thing. Cause every time say yeah. like my partner goes to hang out with her other partner, or I go to on a date or something, or I hang out with like one of the other people I'm dating and we come back, we always come back like kind of like feeling like guilty, you know, kind of like, oh my God, like we just did this bad thing. And then we have to like relax into the fact that this is the context of the relationship. And every single time we're like, why are we being stupid? <laughs> well, no, because, no, but it's because your brain, because we're all brainwashed. Yeah. There's like, it's almost this feeling like one day she sent me like, like a bot, like a cocktail, I think in food. And I was like, why did you send me this? And she's like, I don't know. I was hanging out with my other partner. I was like, you don't have to bribe me with food every time you go hang out with her. Aww. But oh, also, I, I, go I ahead. That too. I really know what you mean though. Right. It, it actually feels scandalous, even though it's, it's ac you've actually created verbal boundaries that you're both honoring. And yet it's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to internalize. Um, I think new normals, I think new normals in general are hard to internalize, but that's why you're kind of like that future mommy that we all need, who's like kind of going through it yourself, but then kind of um, like ushering in, you know, there's a lot of different kind of mommies, okay? But I think like our favorite mommies, the best mommies are the ones that like you can call when you're too drunk and you just don't want to drive with the drunk driver, right? Like I hope if I ever have kids, they know that I am not going to be as angry if they're drunk and they call me for help than if they get in the car with a drunk driver, right? And it's still uncomfortable when your kid calls you drunk because you're like, the fuck, right? But I would rather you do that than put yourself in actual danger. So in that's like the, I think the sexuality and just like the human relationship version of that is sort of the, the polyamory thing because fidelity and in, infidelity is such a normal. That's why Esther Perel and I love her. That's yeah. why she has such an incredible career because the even just the psychology of desire requires distance. You cannot desire something that you have. That's why I never text men or call them. So the one thing I want to say, though, about Gabby's career before I get to her moon is that even though you're, you're 10th house, hold on. Can you hear the sirens? Let yeah, but pass. it's okay. Drama. It's very okay, real. So even, it's very West Side Story. Yeah, I mean, we're just city girls doing a city pod. But um, <laughs> so, so you have a 10th house sun and south node in cancer. So you really are like a career cancer. You are that mommy, okay? But your legacy, which is represented by the midheaven, the MC, the top of your chart, is in Gemini. What is Gemini? Duality. <laughs> and it's the other side of the story. A mommy who's not actually scandalous and cheating, but's actually ushering in a new, healthier, more ethical age of, of relationships that actually have the chance to last 
because they're not shrouded in this old tradition that actually causes people a lot of, you know, betrayal and heartbreak and guilt and shame, right? So you really are like the mommy pioneering a new story to the world. And also Gemini, Gemini Midheaven, you're a writer. You have to tell stories and you have to show both sides. You always have to show both sides of things. That is what you're doing here. And that's how you'll be remembered. But Gabby is not a chaos merchant like most Geminis. Like no, I, that is a bad re- no Gemini. I am not a chaos. I'm a Gem- Gemini's are not not a chaos, chaos merchant. No, I'm actually just real as fuck. And if that causes chaos, then it needs to be caused because everyone in the world wants their one sided. That's what Gemini's think. That's what Gemini. Yeah, like yeah. But yeah, it's but chaos. Who has Gemini in their trip? Everybody has Gemini in their chart. Everyone has contradiction within them. Everybody has a little bit of both. Everyone is divine masculine and divine feminine. Like it's actually these really rigid structures of masculine, feminine, married, not, it's like the, the, the lack of flexibility or compassion or understanding for the other side of the story. Talk about projection. What it actually is, is a rejection of parts of yourself. I'm not an agent of chaos. I wake people up. Get real. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.